Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production, available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Okay, guys, what a pod. Long, if you listen to the Big Show, remember, this is the Big Show you're listening to. There's a Picks Pod, and the Picks Pod comes out about 24 hours later, and it's got everything clipped out pretty much but the picks and the handicaps around the picks. So we found about 80% of people listening to the Big Show, 20% on the Pick Pod, Whatever you want. It can change on a given week. I would say this. Fezzik had about as good a performance as anyone's had on a pod in sports betting in years, if ever. It was great. And, but it was conversational. We dug in. So might be one of those things. If you're short on time, maybe you wait for the pick pod, and then early next week you listen through and get the non-pick stuff. Or obviously if you have the time, Highly recommended. Speaking of highly recommended, you got to have enough outs. Now, how many is enough? Three is the minimum if you want to say you're seriously trying to win. If you're doing it for fun, doesn't matter. You should still try to, you know, do as well as you can, but you're not going to be willing to really pay the price to do well, right? Feel the pain. Professionals feel the pain. If you're trying to be a professional, you got to start doing the things that maybe are painful. But you know something? Of all the things you can do, and I've said this many times, all the things you can do to improve your net results financially batting sports, having at least three outs is the easiest. And now with this offer, BetDSI.com, promo code BELL101, B-L-L-101, all one word. And let's keep this simple because it's a concept that's mighty important, but we've said it. A few times, and it shows that DSI is getting results. They wouldn't keep pushing, doing double commercials unless they were. Why? Because the proposition is mighty appealing. You're getting that 100% bonus. You get to try Bet DSI. And if you like Bet DSI, you've added another out. That is invaluable. And if you don't let Bet DSI, you still got the bonus. It's that simple. Could try to make it more complicated, but life's complicated. When things are simple, embrace the simplicity. That's what I say. We don't know how long this offer is going to remain. It's not in our control. We have nothing to do with the offer, but what the offer tells us is they want you to try them because they think they're going to impress you. BetDSI.com, 100% bonus match. You got to use the promo code BELL101 onto this super insightful Fezzik starring Show. Welcome to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is RJ Bell. That's right. NFL Week 3 Edition of the dream preview with a altered for the week only wise guy round table to my left, Brad power sitting in the champion last year. I mean, talk about luck. Talk about variance. The NFL champion. You want to talk about luck and variance. I was the college champion to my right. Two server contests, a pompadour, a mansion, a yacht, Steve Fezzik. I'm R.J. Bell. Maddie Holt, who's 
an entrepreneur now, down speaking at a conference, I think in Arizona. He's like one of the keynote speakers. He'll be back next week. Okay, boys, let's do a quick recap and get right to the action. So, Brad, you were out last week? I was out. I was sleeping. Zero, zero. Who won one and oh, Tom Brady, under 270 yards. Sir, what's your name? Steve Fezzik, former actuary, one and oh, Tom Brady, under 270 yards. <laughs> former actuary, longtime virgin. <laughs> you know what would be great? If Fezzik had a diary. If he had a diary and the night that he lost his virginity, if he wrote in it, how much would you pay for that, Brad? Uh, 500 bucks. That's it? Yeah. I'd be so fascinated. <laughs> I mean, it'd almost be like the Bubba Booey tape, uh, a famous Stern thing. I think they ended up paying him like $80,000 for a tape he made. He made a videotape trying to get a girl back when he was like maybe 28 or 29. So it was like maybe 15 years later at the time in the late 90s. And they heard about it. And they started to say, we'll give you 5,000. We'll give you 10,000. And what was funny when he said no to like 10, and you can look this up on YouTube. Just look uh, Bubba Booey Stern uh, video. It is, if you kind of want to dip your toe into Howard and you don't know Howard, like this is the must listen to. They ended up paying him like 80K. It was worth every penny to the show because the famous, I got two of the famous lines. So at the beginning of it, he said, <laughs> he said this. <laughs> so my professional life is like at a nine and my personal life is at like a two. <laughs> and then the famous. <laughs> hello. 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 That's how he started the tape. It is hilarious. Oh my. I mean, it is one of the greatest things ever put on the tape. That's what that diary... Did you keep a diary, Fez? No. <laughs> Would you say you were a very introspective young man? I have to look up what introspective means. You don't know what introspective means? Like thinking about yeah, where I'm at like, in the world? or Yeah, it's thinking internally. It's like you're, you're thinking about how, <clears throat> how your life is relative to your, the truth inside of you, not what you necessarily show the world. I was thinking about whether to go to Marion's Pizza or Pizza Hut after Chess Club, RJ. <laughs> well, at least he's honest. At least he's honest. All right. <laughs> oh, by the way, no action. Undefeated for me. Let's get to it. Showtime! Woo! All right, Faz, you got the two Hiltons. And I got the New York Jets plus 22 and a half, RJ, a sky-high spread. I got to tell you, this spread surprises me that it got this high. And the fact that I can get a 22 and a half point dog, and I made the game 20. And it's a little bit complicated, but on a neutral side, I have these two teams, New England, Jets, 17 points apart. Add three for home field, and I get 20. But that's without having make, making any adjustment for the fourth quarter. Now, typically, when a team gets up by 15, and if you're with me, that's 20 points, that's five points per quarter. So I'm forecasting New England should be up 15 after three quarters. The fourth quarter tends to be much more of a pick'em game than New England beat laying five. So because of that, I would argue 20 was too high in this game to get 22 and a half with the Jets against the New England team that has not one, not two, but three offensive linemen compromised, two of them out, win is out. 
Um, Andrews, their center is out, and Cannon is injured. I think the Jets are an outstanding investment opportunity. I like the Jets. Yeah, I think you're right. This is probably my favorite pick. It's what I would have picked. I'm going to give something at the end of the show related to this game that I think is one of the better bets of the year, if not best bet of the year so far. But here's why I like the Jets so much. Belichick, and I tweeted this at RJ in Vegas, at RJ in Vegas on Twitter, which is going back 30 years, there's been five favorites, home or away, over three touchdowns. And New England were three of those games? Three. And now if you go above 20 or above, New England has four. So there's another one that in those four, New England and Belichick, 0-4. Now, small sample, but significant. In fact, I bet the ATS margin are gigantic. I think that Baltimore is the fourth game. Remember, that was a three-pointer on Monday night when it was the line was 20, yep. if I recall. And, you know, I know one of them was three against Philadelphia. So, yeah, let's look up that ATS margin. Maybe go 20 or above and uh, just Pats since 2000. Brad's pretty good at this. He's He doesn't hunt and peck. So, one, Belichick doesn't tend to run it up when it's, like, so extreme. Now, you might say, well, RJ, what happened last week? I think it was a perfect storm. One, Miami had won five or six at home. Belichick likes to exercise, though. How do you, it's exorcist, exercise. I never say that word. Get rid of those demons in a religious <laughs> sense. Okay. <laughs> the exorcist is a good movie. Now, I think there's a second reason. Belichick hates nothing more than distraction. And I would say that the Antonio Brown stuff was potentially the biggest distraction since Deflategate for the Pats, right? Mm-hmm. So what, how do you make a statement that this doesn't affect us? Outside world, you can try what you want, is you dominate that week. You run it up. You have an impressive score. So I think it was a perfect storm for them to run it up like they did. Now, did you feel like in the second half they were purposely trying to gain margin or they just played the game? Patriots just played the game. They didn't just run the ball. They did throw it some. But bottom line is in the fourth quarter, there were two pick sixes for the Patriots. So that's how they got their two late touchdowns. And it was more about the Dolphins quitting. I hate to say quitting, but the receivers that dropped those passes for the Dolphins, RJ, they didn't even chase after the Patriot defender. They just put their hand over their helmet and, like, hung their head. That was a team with serious motivational issues. Yeah, and we'll be getting to this other 20-plus point uh, or in this case, over 21. So ATS margin? 0-5 ATS. There's actually two games. 120, the, the Ravens game, and also a 20.5 point spread against the Colts. Minus 13. Against the Colts? Oh, that year yeah. before. Minus 13 points per game ATS. Whoa. Hmm. That's not good. Well, it's good if you're batting against yeah. them. Now, here's the thing. I think when the Pats won so handily, at least on the score they did, but scoreboard might have been a little worse. I think it decreases the chance of a blowout here massively because Belichick doesn't want a blowout. Because if you win two games in a row by 30, what's going to happen? Your team might get a little bit full of themselves. Team, the, the, the media starts talking about best team since the undefeated team. You start seeing the undefeated props get discussed more than they are mm-hmm. now. You think Belichick wants any of that, Steve? No. Okay, 
So to me, if the Pats had only won by 10 against Miami, I wouldn't play this game. I think that in a vacuum, it's a good pick. I think it becomes a really good pick because the Pats just won so handily as a big favor the week before. Makes a lot of sense. And we're going against a rule. We don't ever like to play against the Patriots, right? But you went ahead and broke this out by month. And if there's one month that we can bet against the Patriots, it's September, where they only cover, I think, 53%, yeah, right? Yeah, Versus they're 2-0 this. now, right? So, <laughs> See, so, they're little... they're, so they're so they're, they're due for a loss in September. <laughs> You're joking, right? Yeah. Now, thankfully. Now, here's what I would say is... I think that these humongous lines are almost like a college handicap, meaning it's about their desire to get. I mean, we always talk about desire to get margin when the line's eight and a half, right? At 20 over, you know, at over 21, it really is about margin. Wouldn't you say, Fez? Yep. Yes. So it's very rare in the NFL to have a spread. I mean, like we said, there's been five in 30 years. Now, let's say 17, 18, 19, similar. Okay, how many of those are there? I did the work of 18 and over, uh, 18 points and over last week. There was only 27 of them in 30 years. It's once a year kind of stuff, right? Now, the favorites cover in those, but not, it's kind of funny, 18 and over they cover, but not over 21. Oh, that's a, so there's little, a, a little corridor in yeah. there, right? So, to me, I feel like Belichick has zero desire. And this is in – he doesn't – listen, my theory is he probably likes Adam Gase being the coach of the Jets, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm not so sure, sure he yeah. wants to embarrass the Jets. I mean, that's a little conspiracy theory. But he certainly has no animus towards the Jets at this point other than a division rival. But – you don't want to blow out the team when their third string quarterbacks in because then they get, you know, that motivates them for the next game. It makes a lot of sense. And let's talk about the motivation for New England in weeks one and two. So they had the revenge game against Pittsburgh. They annihilated Pittsburgh. Well, they had a lot of um, reasons to want ahead and make a statement off of the loss last year against Pittsburgh and, frankly, one of their challengers at the time in the AFC. And then, of course, going to South Beach where they lost so many games and the Miami Miracle, you nailed it, RJ. Lots of incentive to put that behind you. Where is the incentive to bury the Jets here with their third-string quarterback? I don't see it. Yeah, so to me, and I might as well say it now because we've done an extended handicap here, I think one of the best bets – of the year is the Jets and under because what's going to happen is, in my opinion, Belichick, I wouldn't bet. I would have zero interest in betting the Jets team total over. Right. Would you? Zero because I'm not confident they're going to score very much. So, but if we're taking the Jets, that means it's almost what is it over 60% meaning if the Jets cover, what are the odds of the under? 63%. Well, then it, that's, I, that's much higher than I thought. Mm. I thought you were going to go 55.8. So to me, that means this is the great – that's probably the most correlated piece, second leg of a parlay I've ever seen. Absolutely. And this one's going to be difficult to get in, RJ. There's, how many NFL places don't let you get it in? I mean – most books don't even, or the square shops don't even realize you have, can have this kind of correlation in the NFL. The multiplier. 
Because you have such a big spread with a lower total. No, no, I understand that's yeah. how they do college. I, I mean, when's it, I mean, when do uh, they keep them off? I am going to run around town tonight mm-hmm. and attempt to do this in multiple books. Okay, so listen, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I like this. So, and I've already got some stuff. Uh, uh, let's just, I won't get into exactly how, but the, uh, if you can put me down for two dimes. If I mean, what kind of bets can you? I mean, it's all we're going off the board, right? I'm going to step ladder. I'm going to go up and try different dollar amounts and see what they take, and and mm-hmm. we'll see what we can get in. I might have to play 400, you know, yeah. teamers for at a bunch of different places. Let's spread it around. Exactly. <laughs> There's probably a gecko. Remember, he was going. Uh, he goes fifty thousand shares. Blah blah blah. He goes spread it around. You know, open a new account. Don't f keep, it up. Keep, yeah, keep it quiet. Use the offshores. <laughs> Don't screw it up. (laughs) All right. We got the Jets. Now, Brad, we're going to let you go second. All right. Now, by the way, guys, Super Contest, I told you we weren't going to do as well. Oh, wait, 60% so far. And Fez, you've been stinking it up, huh? One-on-one, terrible. (laughs) How many many losers did I save us from from your (laughs) card? How's your season going I, I, with the with the the the, the um, all week access? Type, and that's the beauty of having the packages, guys. You get the early stuff, you get the late stuff, you get the stuff in between. How you doing? Yeah, right around sixty percent. Right around sixty. What are the odds? If I said, Brad, I'll take under sixty, and you take over sixty, you want to do it? I'll. Oh no 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to set some odds. What what odds? Would oh, you I take four say- to one. Ooh, four to one. I wouldn't take. I was gonna say two or three to one. So you would take four to one. Yeah, I'll take four to one. All right, I'll bet you ten dollars to win four. Okay. What is it, Fess? I, I don't know the exact. Oh, percentage. you know the That's, exact. I you did, know the exact. No, I do not. You want to bet me? Yeah, I'll bet you. I don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna bet the sixty. Betting you, betting you don't know something you should know is a, is no, often a good. The fact, bet. if it was over sixty percent, it'd be so much more likely that I would know the exact to the decimal you point. You think, Brad? You, I mean, you're gonna just smack your head here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's wrap up the Jets. To me, they're kind of a non-issue here. They're just you know a generic bad NFL team with a third-string quarterback, but points. Yeah, so the point on the Jets is I liked what I saw from the Jets against Cleveland in terms of effort. When you're betting plus 22, you're betting effort of the dog as well as motivation for the favorite. And what did I see from the Jets after they got buried by Cleveland? I saw a team playing hard, running hard. I saw Bell breaking tackles, hurtling people. And bottom line is the Jets probably should have gotten a touchdown against Cleveland in the fourth quarter. They turned the ball over. They were unlucky making that blowout loss to Cleveland look a little worse than it really was. Well, I mean, Colin was making a big point. If they pick up that first down, <laughs> see right there in the third quarter, then it's then they can make a field goal. Then, even though it might be a long one, and then it's sixteen to six. And guess what? Then it's a game. Oh wow, that was bad. But even the defense at the very end, when when Baker was trying to run it up and throw to Odell Beckham, the Jets defense showed heart mm. and got after him and sacked his ass. Who was talking about Beckham getting fed the ball? You were mm-hmm. six catches over, yes. and a hundred and. 160 yards, Brad? Yep. That's what we're going to see with Kitchens is we're going to see he's trying to make the players happy because he is a rare NFL coach. This is like the NBA in a way. The players are bigger than the coach. Yep. If Mayfield and OBJ wants Kitchens gone, you think he's staying? 
<laughs> no. I don't think so. I think with the Jets, and I listen to WFAN now and again, you know, at least once a week, usually YouTube, a clip. They hate gays. Oofa, they hate them. So, to me, I if they get beat by 30, he's going to catch a firestorm back in NYC. So, I think the motivation there is to stop all the jibber-jabber about how bad they are, too. Speaking of gays, I got a real short sound clip. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Colin Cowherd and I were on his podcast and discussing gays. Or Gase, and I have a uh, very different take than Colin. Let's listen real quick. Adam Gase had a winning record in Miami when Ryan Tannehill was healthy, beat Belichick twice. I think Gase is one of those guys. Belichick and Pete Carroll got fired. Gase is a good coach who just could not overcome quarterback injuries. One, when Belichick got fired by the Browns, it was like, what, five years yeah. of going back and rethinking what he did under Parcells again in this case? To me, it's rare to see a guy fired for cause, you know, for underperformance, yeah. and then hired the same year. And I really believe, guys, that this idea that Gase maybe is underrated, maybe, but how often... Can you even recollect the time that a coach gets fired for cause, underperformance, and he has he doesn't miss a game? Literally the next NFL game, he's coaching. How often does that happen? Not very often. I mean, can we recall one? It's trying to think if John Fox did after Carolina fired him. Maybe. And usually only after a long tenure yeah. where it's not a matter of him being competent, but more that it just isn't a good fit anymore. Yeah, yeah, or not even that. Yeah, the good fit being they need to change the scene or whatever. Yeah. So I agree with you there. That's a good point. And that Fox is a good pull. We'll see. Uh, we'll pull it up in a second. But to me, what has Gase done? Now, at this point, there's been 50 games that Gase is coaching the NFL, 25 of them, his. Starting quarterback was out. Now, there's two ways to look at it. One is, oh, wow, how good would he be if Tannehill had played, et cetera. And the other way to look at it is there's something about his offense that exposes the quarterback. You know, some of these modern principled offenses don't protect the quarterback enough. That's why a lot of the college game stuff hasn't gone to the NFL because it just takes one hit with a 320-pound guy that runs 4'6". Versus in college, you don't have those guys. The quarterbacks are faster. I think he's just been unlucky, though, because Gase's or whole do you, offense— Do you really know? Yeah, because Gase's whole offense is dink and dunk and get rid of the ball quick and short passes. It's not trying to throw, throw the ball down the field and, and having the quarterback require a whole lot of time in the pocket. Well, I mean, listen, I am not an X's and O's guy, and I don't think you are either, are you, Fez? I'm not, but I've certainly read that about you know, Gase and his, and his offensive schemes. And it's just this coincidence that they're hurt all the time. I mean, does is there one thing he's doing with the tight end where he gets him out and pass coverage? I mean, I don't know, right? I just know 25 out of 50 games, you can't be sure it's not him, right? So I think there's something to say there. I'm not a big fan of Gase. New York media is not a big fan of Gase. Okay, next game, it's going to be Brad Power's best bet, baby. Green buttons ready. Let's see what happens. Yeah, and I'm going to go with Houston here, plus the three against the Chargers on the road here for the Texans. And whole handicap for me, I'm piggybacking off, no surprise here, Fest, piggybacking off of what you were describing the Chargers last week. 
all the injuries on both sides of the ball for the Chargers. Now, there wasn't any cluster injuries or whatsoever when it came to the Chargers last week. There are some this week. I'm even going to go a step further. Of all the injuries that the Chargers had uh, last week, you know, Hunter Henry, you know, uh, tackle's been out here for a while for them, secondary issues. I would say the one that creeped up most on them, replacement kicker wasn't so good misses two field goals for the Chargers and now we got a Houston team coming off a lackadaisical effort uh, against uh, the Jags last week and I'll say this in a close game the spread said it's going to be close Houston seems like every single week even going back to last year is playing in close games they've had some success they've had some losses but if there's one guy I don't want to be making decisions in a close game. We mentioned this last year. It's Anthony Lynn, the L.A. Chargers coach. So I expect Houston to go in there, take care of business against a banged-up Chargers team. I like and I bet Houston plus the three. Yeah, select a memory on some Anthony Lynn games. Remember that game in London when they were up (laughs) seven? I think it was against the Titans. They won by one, and he almost gave it away and certainly did give away the game at home against the Broncos with some uh, questionable late-game play calling and the like. And you nailed it in terms of you've got all these injuries. And we said, boy, this is going to be a huge distraction for the coaching staff trying to adjust for all these different injuries. But the good news is, hey, they're all in different places, you know, on the field. So they don't have to worry about the cluster injuries. Well, now, obviously, Derwin James, arguably their best defender, out for the year. No problem. We got a deep secondary. We'll be fine. And now we got three other guys hurt in the secondary, including their pro bowler, Phillips at safety. Now it's a huge problem. And I got to wonder that um, you got with a, a Charger team that had that tough game against Detroit that could have gone either way. And I will make the case also, everyone's like, well, Austin Eckler, he's every bit as good as Melvin Gordon. And you know what? The production numbers absolutely have shown that. But Austin Eckler tends to fumble. And he went ahead and fumbled on the goal line, costing the Chargers a touchdown this past week. And that certainly is an issue yep. versus Melvin Gordon. Um, their defense is not going to be good with all of these injuries. And home field advantage is not three for the Chargers in L.A. We've got to go ahead and take the uh, points in this game. I agree. Yeah, and, and one more thing I'm going to add on, and this is actually a little bit of a concern I have, and, and not necessarily for this game uh, for Houston, but moving forward, that Houston Texans offensive line, I mean, this is incredible. I, I don't think I've ever read this before. Last week, so Watson was sacked six times in the opener. Last week got sacked four times. Going back to last season, Deshaun Watson has been sacked at least four times in every game for eight straight games. I'm not as concerned about this week, but the compounding interest of that moving forward game after game, oof. I don't think that's a good look for Houston come October, come November, Fez. So you're telling me you're betting against the Chargers here. You're not betting on Houston and their new addition, Larry Tunsil, who already gave up two sacks in his first game. <laughs> good call, Fez. Houston, best bet. My first one for this 2019 NFL season, Houston, plus three. Well, well, Brad, coming in, I can't disagree with his pick. Fez, let me ask you a question, though. Straight out of Vegas. Every Wednesday, you have a handicapping day now on Tuesday. Every Wednesday, you have your early release, not as early as last year, but early release, and it's called the early line move because you predict that the line's going to move on it and it's going to be a winner. Last year, the line moved, if I'm going by memory, I think it was almost 70% of the time, right? I think it was 9-1-3. and three. Oh. See, he's got that number yep. exactly. It was 9-1-3. He's got that number yep. exactly. <laughs> I mean, this guy. 
Now, <laughs> kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flag, son of a gun. A few hours later, though, it's not your best bite because you get first crack as the two-time Super Contest winner. Why not? Yeah, so I looked at what the Super Contest line was, and if it would have been plus three and a half, I would have gone with it because I'm confident this is like a 55.5% play. The limits tell you, and if you're betting less than the limits, naturally, it doesn't restrict you at all. Focus your betting, more of it, if you really care about winning, on the places they only take 500 bucks. That's a sign of their fear. NFL sides, game day, 100K, right? Some places. Bring it. Yep. Bring, bring the brick. <laughs> so we've talked about why, got us off on this, why you like Brad's pick but didn't make it your best bet. Yes, because it's plus three in the contest yeah. and it's plus three and a half on the screen. Yes. But since we well, talked it in, about it was, this. First, it wasn't plus three and a half. It was in between. It was right in between. 3.25. But breaking news, RJ, just in the past four hours here, we're taping on a Wednesday night. This line has gone from what I would say is 3.25 to about 3.1. Money's coming in on the underdog. All right. Third best bet for me. Let's keep this one simple because it's a simple handicap. But I really like this game. Well, not quite, but I think they might cover the six and a half. They're going to the counter in the window. <laughs> We're going to the counter. Yep. Here's the rationale. It's simple. One of my basic premises, precepts, is that the teams tell you what they really think often with their actions and that they know more than us about their team. They probably know more. Or in fact, they almost certainly know more football than us professionals at football, not betting football. What did the Steelers teach us this week? They're not, they don't think their first round pick is going to be all that valuable. If I would have said the day Big Ben was announced out for the season, Fez, on Monday, over under Steelers wins. Four and a half. Four and a half gets you what? The fourth pick in the draft? Fifth pick in the draft? (laughs) Sure. They just traded the fifth pick, fourth pick in the draft for a cornerback that isn't one of the. I mean, from what I, I'm not judging cornerbacks, but from what I gather, he's not one of the six or eight best in football. Oh, nowhere close. Where would you think he is? More like thirty. So you're saying this guy's a almost a number two corner? Yes. Then why would the Steelers give up a number one pick for him? I mean, that just makes mm. no sense. Even if the Steelers go eight and eight, they wouldn't give up the fifteenth or sixteenth pick. They must think he's better than right, that. Right, right. Is your numbers coming from Pro Football Focus? You know, I had. I don't have it in front of me. But you, I know, I know they, they. I know he wasn't that high. Okay, I don't have the exact number. You might want to stay on mic if you're going to talk. So, but no, it doesn't matter if it's 28 or 35. It's the same concept, right? He's not elite. Pro Football Focus has him as the 78th best um, guy, which seems crazy. But again, I think what we're seeing with. Pro football focus. That was everyone in the secondary. Yeah, that was all secondary players yeah. to be, yes. Still, to be the, yeah. um, the third man in a second. There's only four people yeah, in the secondary, sure. right? I mean, I guess. Two safeties, two yeah. cornerbacks. Is that right, Fess? I appreciate that. You know, you learn something. That, should I give them in dreams? <laughs> <laughs> Highs and lows. <laughs> <laughs> but. 
can we dispute this? That the Steelers have to have real optimism. I don't think we can. I don't think we we can. And also the fact that the Steelers, I think they thought highly of their third string quarterback Dobbs. Right? How do you know? Well, he played well in preseason. So you're saying you thought highly? I thought highly of yeah. I thought highly mm-hmm, of Dobbs, mm-hmm. and the Steelers were willing to trade him, which means they probably have a lot of confidence in Rudolph. There's a difference between trade. I mean, think about the amount of confidence you have to have to say amongst two players that, in theory, being backups in Young, that will never be in a, 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 even a top half of the league starter. What's the odds that one, any one of them? I'm not saying both combined. But any one of them being, before any new information this week, being a top uh, 16 NFL starter at quarterback. I mean, at least 5-1 to one against, right? 7-1 yeah, against. Yeah, going 15%, right? Yeah. So, to me, that decision was a modest decision. Mm-hmm. It might have just been youth. It might, you know, because in a weird way, if they were even... And, and Randa or Rudolph is what, uh, two years younger? Yeah, two years in. Just the contract is going to make you do that, right? I think this decision is 20 times bigger. They are effectively saying we are trading a pick. If there's any time the Steelers – I've never seen them trade a number one pick. I've been following the draft closely since Big Ben got drafted. They've never traded a number one pick. In fact, they've only traded up like three times this century. And, you know, this year was one, you know, this yeah, prior year was one. Devin Bush, yeah. They traded up for San Antonio Holmes, and they traded up one other time. I can't remember. I don't think it was Troy, but it was one other time. That's it. So the, the, the brain trust with the Steelers, you're essentially saying, is saying, you know what? This is only going to be like a number 16 pick. It's fine. We expect we're going to win about half our games. And it says something else. And it kind of is correlated. It's saying we don't need to draft Big Ben's replacement. We got him. Mm. Mm. That's strong. That's a great point. Because if yeah. otherwise, it's kind of one and the same. If you think Randolph is really good, you got Rudolph. Big Ben's root. I keep saying Randolph. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Big Ben's replacement. Uh, so to say that one more time is like the red nosed reindeer. Yep. yep. Well, that's easy enough. Yes. <laughs> I wish I had that sound drop. <laughs> that's a great song. Yeah. And Boy. the other kids. Uh, How's that go? Even if it say it blood yeah. and all of the yeah, other reindeer, reindeer used to laugh and call, call him names. Finish the fest. They never let poor Rudolph <laughs> playing any reindeer games. <laughs> oh my God, that tastes worth a thousand dollars. That is. Mark it. And remember, sleep now that we're recording the tip. <laughs> that is amazing. That was great. One of our best moments in podcasting. Ah! <laughs> uh, uh, do we have the video rolling just out wide? <laughs> I think they're saying we're confident this year is effectively saying we're confident we got Big Ben's replacement. Because if as a rookie, he's going to lead a, a demoralized team, a team that's owned, or as a first-time starter, going to lead a demoralized team that's used to winning. Right? That's tough on teams that aren't used to Baltimore's had some bad year. As good as Harbaugh is. When you're used to winning, once you're eliminated from that playoffs, what do you do? Teams don't tend to play hard no, at that point. Right? Just like when Alabama gets in, 
you know, non-championship game. Yeah, right? that's a great has, example, as great. opposed to the team that's like, "Hey, we're excited to go to this horrible bowl." They lost to Utah in a bowl game. Lost to Oklahoma as a two-touchdown favorite in a bowl game. And I think the Steelers could do that too in certain spots. And the Steelers are adding the whole thing up and saying, "We will trade our number one pick." The well, you know, your over and under would have been what, like the four four and a half uh, pick number four and a half. Yeah. Because they're going to win four and a half games. So and, if, if, if anything, even higher than four and a half, maybe three. You know, how many teams are going to lose, you know, more than uh, 12 games? And to trade that pick when they could have taken, I mean, there's supposed to be five or so quarterbacks yeah. in this draft, right? First round? Yeah, Tua, Justin Herbert. There's, it's going to be a pretty good class, better than last year's class. And they must really like this dude. All right. And the market's moved, right? But I mean, I, Meaning it opened at seven. Seven was widely available. Yeah, right? widely available. Painted seven. San Francisco favored. Now line six and a half across the board. All the sevens are gone. I've got one more thought on this, but I want to go around the horn here on any other thoughts on the game and specifically what I just talked about. Any other thoughts? Uh, Brad, let's start with you. I just like the fact that you have, you know, we talk about historical baselines a lot, and you have one team in the Pittsburgh Steelers that's sitting at 0-2 for the first time in six years. And then you have another team, the San Francisco 49ers, sitting at 2-0 for the first time in seven years. I, if you, I'm never going to blindly play on that, but i got to think that's positive, playing on the 0-2 team in that situation when they're typically not in it. Fast. And I think the San Francisco 49ers are in a tricky bad spot this week. I talked about how I liked the fact that they went to Youngstown, Ohio. I thought that would be positive bonding together. So they've been away from home for nine days, and they've just kicked two opponents' butts on the scoreboard. So they're coming back home to San Francisco at 2-0. and I could just see the coaching staff saying, you know, great job all around. Game balls for all of you. Go ahead and take the day off, and we're going to hit it hard tomorrow. And it just not having quite the sense of urgency than other situations because they've been away for nine days. You know what's funny with Fez? He's, he's, in his hypotheticals, there's always days off. You ever notice that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's always, like, he can close his eyes and, you know, have a spray, maybe pay his boy Johnny to spray him with a bottle and act like he's in Waikiki. Yep. Now, Fez, or the rest of the island. D- lifestyle question. Waikiki or the rest of the island? Waikiki. Why? Dinner at Wolfgang's and just walk along the uh, main drag there. No better place to be. How much more affluent is it than the rest of the island? Got to be by 200%. And that's where you like being. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm> se- <laughs> no, no sense, though, that you, know, you should be amongst the people. Yeah. No, I want to be a Waikiki. <laughs> I am Elma J. Fudd, millionaire. I own a mansion and a yacht. <laughs> half of the people love him, half the people hate him, but the haters still follow him. Yep. That's what we know. Steve Fezzik. Last thing on this game. Admittingly, I've been a Mike Tomlin. I've been ambivalent at best. At best. <laughs> True. Check this out. Now, we're going to give his whole career, but first let's split it out. From 2007, his first year, Tomlin, to 2012, his seventh, when entering the game with a losing record. So if they're 0-1, losing record, 1-2, and 7-8. and eight. All right. Tomlin was 7-0 and 0 straight up. It's 
Literally, he didn't lose his first game with a losing record till his seventh season. Wow. That is a wow. For his, now, during that time, the, the 07 to 12, though, the rest of the league was 40% when entering the game with a losing record. That's straight up. Now, Tomlin, for his whole career, 27 times entered the game with a losing record, won over 70%. The rest of the league during that span had 80 games on average, each team entering the game with a losing record. So about three times as many as the Steelers. And they only hit 41%. 70% versus 41. Tomlin's raw, raw crap that I think it sometimes is works when the Steelers are losing. The Steelers are, this is the most difficult game this is the low point of the Steelers during the Tomlin era, right? Is yep. there any debate? Can't be. Having Big Ben. Yep. Right? So if these numbers are true, and you know, this is what Tomlin lives for because the raw, raw works. So I think Steelers are motivated. I think they, they told us something about Randolph Rudolph, and I feel confident that, that – that, you're going to get a good effort. And there was a chance before they traded this pick that I thought they might give up on the season, get the second pick, and who knows, you know, pick the next Big Ben, and we got another, you know, Andrew Luck style. This could have been like an Andrew Luck situation. And if, turn it around, if Pittsburgh had traded one of their corners for a draft pick, you'd feel totally different about this game, right? Good point. All right, so best bet, Fez, let's go over it. Best bet on the New York Jets, plus 22.5. Best bet, Houston, plus three. Best bet, me, Steelers with Rudolph, plus six and a half. All right, Brad, congrats. You're, you, now, listen, you were behind the curtain for one game. Yeah. Let's not go crazy. All right, we're going to aggressively handicap the rest of this card. Okay, guys, great discussion. If you're listening to the big show, I'm not sure where else you get that. If you know a place, tell me because I'll start listening. Fez, again, great stuff. Coming up, we're going to go aggressively with vigor through the rest of the games. Fez did his work. Brad did his work. I'll counterpunch, use a lot of big words, and try to act like I did. Oh, wait. And as the official odds provider for the Associated Press, 750 newspapers nationwide, over 1,000 websites, Brad, you're the underdog in that matchup. Back in a minute. This is R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Now, in the pre-roll, we explained about DSI making a big commitment to this pod. Why? Because the pod listeners like their product. We told you about the 100% bonus match. We told you about the promo code BELL101, B-E-L-L-101, 100%. Now, why BetDSI? 20 years, paying winners, top rated at multiple review sites, user-friendly interface, they spend the money on the UX, fast payouts, and options on everything. Let's be candid, all those white labels, the guy down the street at the bar, buddy works in your office, 
they don't have it all. They don't have the as met much of the in-game props, et cetera, et cetera. And really, that's another reason to like having an extra book or two beyond the first. Not only getting the half points and all that, but in addition, more offerings on the props. And again, with Fez, he had a couple of good ones here. So it's BetDSI.com, promo code BELL101. Now, speaking to the college football fans, do you need to brush up on your football knowledge? Then enroll in the Dosecki's College Football Football College. Boy, I sound like a pro there almost. This is where you'll learn from brilliant football minds like Jay Cutler, Martellus Bennett, who wouldn't know that name, Katie Nolan, and John Bacon, the man who wrote the book, apparently, on college football. Not only will you win every football argument this season. Hmm. I don't know about that. Strike that. Not only will you have an edge compared to if you didn't go to football college this season. That sounds better. More realistic. And you could even enter for a chance to win tickets to the 2020 college football playoff national championship. So be the first in your family to earn a football watching certificate from a beer school. Enroll at Dosecki's College Football, Football College at dosecchis.com slash edu. Dosecchis, keep it interessante. Dosecchis beer brands. Enjoy Dosecchis responsibly. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Copyright 2019, Dos Beer Brands. No purchase necessary. 50 U.S. states plus District of Columbia, 21 or older. Enter by 12-2019. Rules available at dosekis.com slash edu. Now, The Athletic made a commitment to Podcast One and the Dream Preview and obviously doing a lot of good things. And I think what they understand is a good story interest people by definition. Now there's a new daily sports podcast from Wondery and The Athletic, and you're going to want to give it a listen. It's called The Lead, and it's for every type of sports fan who wants to go beyond the box score. Now this is every weekday morning. The Lead will bring you one big story from the Athletics All-Star team of local and national sports reporters. Now some of these stories will be a fresh take on a major news event. Other episodes will feature an in-depth look into what's been happening off the field. Could be about a terrible call, Saints losing their minds, the fans, maybe an in-depth interview on mental health in sports. The lead is your daily lens into the biggest stories of the day told by people who write them, write those big stories. Now, the host of the lead, Kuvitha Davison. And Peabody award-winning journalist, Andiers Kelto. <clears throat> Andiers Kelto, who will take you close to the story through comprehensive reporting, fascinating clips, and exclusive interviews you won't hear anywhere else. Now, at the end of this episode, they're going to insert a preview episode of The Lead. And remember, you can subscribe to The Lead and The Dream Preview on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this right now. All right, boys, let's do it. Eagles, Lions. Right now, Eagles, six and a half. Fez, you lean Lions. I do lean Lions, and it's all about the injuries to Philadelphia. Now, on the injury report, 
a lot of these injuries are being shown. Jeffrey Doubtful, Deshaun Jackson, another wide receiver, out. What's not showing up is how banged up the Eagles got. If you watched their game against Atlanta, you saw Wentz get a shot to the ribs. He was out for a series. He's back. Apparently, he's fine. He didn't look 100% to me after that hit. Same with his tight end, Ertz. Came back in the game after being injured, was out for a while against Atlanta. The backup tight end, Goddard, is injured. So the Eagles' offensive skill-making players, including Clement, Corey Clement, all are banged up or out for this game, seemingly. I think it's too much to overcome. And frankly, RJ, I did not like what I saw from the Eagles' secondary. We saw Matt Ryan miss three, not one, not two, but three wide-open bombs that all would have been touchdowns. So I think that the Eagles' secondary is very suspect. I'm very worried about the Eagles right now. I'm going to go ahead and lean to Detroit. So Mike Lombardi, friend of the show, made a good point this week on his pod, which was, is it Schwartz that's the Eagles? Jeff Schwartz, yep. yeah. Yes. He, the, the basis of his defense is pressure from the front. and Jim Schwartz. Oh, okay. And he... Schwartz, you gotta in the salary cap era, you can't have everything be great. You can get lucky with draft choices. For the most part, where are you spending your money? And we had a interview with Sonny Dykes that we're gonna have uh, the whole thing. We're playing it on FSR uh, this week or next week. I'll I'll see. But next college football pod, we are gonna have the whole thing at the end. He made an interesting point. Alabama and Clemson. There's only a handful of these 6'6", 330-pound left tackles. The SMUs are never getting that guy. They might get a guy who's 6'6", but it's like, you know, he's like can hardly walk. Yeah. <laughs> but if, and somehow if they can convert him, yeah. he becomes athletic, there you go. In the NFL, the D linemen, they're physical specimen. You know, it's hard to tell what's a good cornerback. Uh, right? I mean, if you think about the hit rate on certain positions in the draft, the second the hit rate hit rate on D is really high because it's such a physical the performance is so tied to the physical skills. Where in the secondary, there's guys that are four three that bomb all the time. Yeah. Technique uh, is so much more important than raw talent. And and instincts, you know, you can make the case. And technique. So the Eagles, I think, rightfully spent a lot of money on their D line. And they lost the guy, their biggest signing of the offseason. And right now with uh, Malik Jackson on the IR, I mean, if you go read, and I just happen to, I don't always get a chance to, the Philadelphia papers and columnists around him going on the IR, it was the biggest story because this was their big signing. And they do have some depth there. And it's a situation I don't think the Eagles' D-line is below average. I just think they've gone from, you know, potentially world-class coming into the season, and they haven't been playing that way, which exposes the secondary. So I think Philly uh, maybe can put up points, but I think that defense is the problem. Yeah, and bottom line against Atlanta, they had to go ahead and dial up all-out blitzes because the D-line was not getting the pressure on Atlanta. Yeah, and you mentioned Matt Ryan getting 300-plus yards and three touchdowns. How about giving up 380 yards and three touchdowns to Case Keenum in week one? 700 yards and six touchdowns in just two weeks, which already was their weakness on last year's team, the secondary. 
Well, that's hard to, that's a thing. Like it's hard to t- make a weakness a strength. The best yeah. you can do is make a weakness average most of the time. Yeah. They're certainly not average. So let me ask you this, Fez. If I was doing a handicap on this and I wanted to like make the case for the lines, I would say you've got a team in which Carson Wentz is the crown jewel of the team, but the reality is Nick Foles led him to a Super Bowl. At least a couple years ago, this team was as talented as any roster in the NFL. Fez, you went on Colin Cowherd that year and predicted the Eagles to make the Super Bowl. Their over-under wins were what, eight and a half or maybe eight and a half? Yeah, eight and a half. That's a hell of a prediction. Yep. So the depth of the Eagles, the talent across the board is strong. But now you got the D-lineman out. D-line's not playing great. You got the weakness of the secondary. How do you make up for it? Offense. Except Wentz banged up, maybe, maybe not. Let's say that's possible. But the not the skill makers, but the playmakers – all banged up. How isn't this one of your biggest bets of the year? Because I don't like what I saw from the Detroit Lions. They got that banged up so Chargers squad. Well, hold on a second. This will drive me back. I will if I ever have a heart attack as I'm going down. I'm going to think about this kind of conversation. What was the line in that game? Pick them close. Pick them. We're talking about the Chargers and the Lions. Yep. And who won? Lions won by three. All right. So they exceeded expectations on the scoreboard. They did. Okay, so how isn't the scoreboard what matters? Because I watched the whole game, and I don't want to pull Fezzik here, but the Chargers absolutely imploded. They had two touchdowns called back for penalties. They had a running back. Isn't Eckler. that what the Chargers do? Yep, pretty and much. Was, two, and I, missed and two field goals. And that was built into the line, Austin though. Eckler but fumbled. Are you going to ignore that point? Meaning the line with the Chargers assumed the Chargers were going to – make their, their their typical errors, right? Well, they made more than their typical errors. Really? They, yeah, they exceeded expectations and errors. They really gave the game away. So, uh, worst case, let's give the Eagles, or I'm sorry, the Lions, uh, minus seven, you know, giving the Chargers seven. So the Chargers win and cover, but by a smidge. That's not liking what you saw? I mean, that's not liking what you saw by a smidge, but that's a half point, right? What did right. you do, downgrade them a half point? I actually kept them. Because they won the game, I kept them where they're at. I have the so then I'm that, confused. You're I'm, saying that based on the performance you saw last week, you didn't downgrade them. They lied. I was. This is objectively I was just con- a yes. Yes. I don't care what you were considering. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? You, you made a decision. It was no downgrade. Correct. Let's say if you could have downgraded a quarter, which isn't intuitive, so we don't do it, you would have done it. Yes. Now, Brad does the 100th, but, <laughs> yeah. but, yes. but we, you know. Yeah. So a quarter point adjustment. How much do you think the handicap of the weakness of the Eagles is still there, the D-backs? The D-line, which is supposed to compensate for that, probably isn't as good as we think. Wentz is banged up potentially, and otherwise the playmakers have cluster injuries. How much is that worth? It's probably worth three points. So three minus a quarter is 2.75. Why isn't it this bad? So I had the Eagles power rating at five going into the week. So if I lower the Eagles by three points, that's a massive adjustment for all these injuries. I would have the Eagles two points better than an average team. That would make the spread in this game five on a neutral and the game's in Philly. So what you're saying is right now with the adjustments you made, and remember, power ratings account for the team that's planning to be on or expect to be on the field this week. So injuries are accounted for. What With the numbers you put out, 
what would the line be in this game? Eagles minus eight. Okay. So what you're saying is this is all this is why power ratings are so important. Power ratings tell you relative I'm sorry. Impressions like a lot of injuries. Impressions like cluster, blah, 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 blah. D-line's not as good. Those are things that tell you a direction. The power ratings tell you once you calculate that direction, is there value? What you're saying is it's all accounted for in the line. But there's a lot of uncertainty in my Eagles power rating. I'm confident in my Detroit power rating. You, you would have to be off, though, by two points just to get the parity, right? Right, but I could well be with oh, all yeah, these yeah. injuries. We know, but what I'm saying is that's not a great bet. Right. Like, that's what you got to understand. I'm trying to drill down to a specific question. If all we ever do... If all we ever do is talk from the widest perspective, we're never going to get anywhere. I was asking you why this wasn't a pick. You explained it. Now you're trying to somehow backtrack. I don't get it. You explained it. Did you get it? Yep. That's a su- success. Next game, Ravens, Chiefs. Chiefs, six and a half. I bet the public actually thinks this one might be high. Well, Mahomes got so much love. Fez, you actually like the total. Yeah, I like the total under here, and it's dropped from 55 to 53, and here's why. What's the Chiefs' weakness on defense? They can't stop the run. Baltimore should certainly be able to run the ball. So even if they have success, I expect that there's going to be some long drives for Baltimore, clock-consuming, and with a total of 55, frankly, RJ, I need both teams. That's a sky-high total. What's the current total? 53. So with a total of 53, I expect that I need both teams to be having shorter drives, scoring quickly. Now, obviously, Kansas City can do that on anyone, but I think Baltimore controlling the clock, 53 is just too high. Now, if you just look at the scores and add up Baltimore, divide by two, it feels like Baltimore's, uh, or at least that simple math says Baltimore's one of the higher score teams in the league. Well, it's 59 points, I'm sorry, 69 points against Miami and then only 40 last week. 23-17. No, I'm saying higher scoring teams. Oh, yes, yes, because of the Miami dest- destruction, yes. All right. So what you're saying is you're discounting that, Why? Because Miami's historically bad, and I feel that— you saw some give up on the field. Big time, yes. Okay, I agree with that. So now my question is this. How much has the Ravens run—how much have they run this year? Less than they've done in the past. Okay, that's a good—I mean, if you could guess that 50-50, it's either less or more. How much have they They, run this year? They threw 20 times in their opening game against Miami. I don't have the box score for last week. So let's pour. I don't know how you can have a like on the total or not. I mean, the obvious question in, the, in this game is Baltimore hasn't been the team we've expected. I think I know. I have a, a theory of why, but does not seem to be a Brad? You know what you need to do for me, buddy? You need to step up and tell him when it doesn't make sense to you either, because okay. you're letting me just say it and say it. He respects your opinion. Does that make? I mean, does that seem like the first question? Yeah. What are they doing when I mean, it comes to? We mentioned they're going to run now. Well, they haven't been running in the first two games. Ah, the mispricing. And and that's the thing. Why then? If he if that's what his bat hinges on, what makes him think that? And you, the case could be made. They ran more in Miami than you would expect because they did have such a big lead. Here's my concern. It feels like the Ravens are playing a different style ball than was expected. So, Fez, I'm sure 
you've got the numbers. What do the numbers tell us about the Ravens this year versus last year? So the Ravens have run the ball 55% of the time and thrown it 45% of the time so far this year. All right. So give us some context. So the the context of it is... Like 55-45, what does that mean? Oh, is most that, of the NFL average is around 60% passing, 40% running. Right, so 60 passing, and the Ravens... 55. Okay, so that seems about the, about the same, right? They've... It's close, and especially if you would have asked about five percent, five percent. But if you would have asked me before the year started, I would have said, oh, "I think the Ravens are going to be more um, running, running than passing." Yes. So, in your in one of the premises of your handicap is that the Ravens are going to run the ball quite a bit, and so it I, seems like it needs addressed. Yes, because I believe that it's an obvious strategy early in the game, even though the Ravens are an underdog, that they're going to want to go ahead and exploit the Chiefs' bad rush defense. And I expect, and I'd be willing to bet, that the Ravens are going to run the ball close to 60% of the time, at least in the first half, provided where they they won't have a deficit in the scoreboard. It's not provided, it's Mm -hmm. assumed. Assuming, yes. So you'd go over under 59 and a half, or uh, 59? I'd go over 59. First half, rushes versus passes. Yes. All right. And rush. So you're saying 59% rushes. Yes. And what's been their year to date? 55. 55. And the league's year to date, or year, leagues in average, or typically is? Around 40 for rushing, 60 for passing. So for, the league's 40. Yes. Ravens this season have been 55. You're saying the Ravens in the first half are going to be 59% runs. Yes. All right. <laughs> Perfect. Beautiful. <laughs> you feeling good about your bet? I am. Brad, you want to jump in? I do, actually. I think, if anything, with, with a good coach, teams tend to do the opposite of what's obvious. I also think the following I think we got to re I think there's a bunch of X factors with the. By the way, we're betting the 50, and we're not going against your total pick. We're betting, you know, the 59. Mm-hmm. Now, that'd be funny if we doubled up. I guess it's court. I want to parlay. <laughs> now, <laughs> you don't take correlate. It'd be funny if he was booking. Yeah. You could just get on him about the crap he gets yeah. on bookies about. Here's what I think. And tell me if you agree. Let's forget any uh, disagreement we had here. Lamar Jackson as a running quarterback is a different rush scheme than any rush scheme currently in the NFL. Yes. So in a weird way, does rush defense really matter when, as much as you might think? I think it does because it's really about can you stop Lamar Jackson? Because the Ravens aren't a particularly good rush team otherwise. If you put Flacco back there, would they be a good (laughs) rush team? No. So would you admit there's an X factor there that I I don't understand? I would just think a speedy defense. I would want a speedier defense. Yeah, I, I am not confident how much of a correlation rush defense has versus stopping a rushing quarterback. Which means if it's not correlated, the whole premise are going to attack the weakness of the, of the Chiefs wouldn't pertain. Correct. But I do think it is correlated. I just don't know the extent of it. I thought he just said he wasn't sure. All right, now let's look at some stats. Do you have any stats on the Ravens? Or last season's rushing? I do not. They carried the ball, Lamar Jackson did, 147 times. That's the most... This is off the top of my head. (laughs) (laughs) This is the most of any quarterback, minimum, colon, 50 passes, close bracket, since the (laughs) NFL-NFL merger in 1970. Okay, now think about that. 
147 times. He only played, what, half a season? Yeah, half a season. And it's more than anyone. So, in theory, the whole season, he would have been double anyone since the merger. That's 17 carries per game just for Lamar Jackson. That's like the magic number for running backs, right? The 300 where we start worrying about the wear and tear in a running back. That's interesting. I, I, yeah, it was like there was that fantasy number, I think 370, but then they mm-hmm. moved the dial because no one does 370 anymore, I think. Okay, the previous record... Bobby Douglas in 1972 had 10 carries per game. Oh, wow. All right. Boy, Fez, you actually made a good point here. So if you look at the Jackson's carries last season and extrapolate out to 16 games, it's 272 carries over a full season. Only Zeke Elliott topped that of anyone in the NFL. Lamar Jackson would have had the second most rushing attempts in the NFL. Wow. If he played the full season last year, this year, not running near as much, is he? Him. Only ran three times against Miami. Okay. Now, why? We all agreed almost with a chuckle, Ravens wouldn't have a great run game without Lamar Jackson. But isn't that what they are effectively trying to present? A run game without Lamar Jackson. And then Lamar Jackson has become a thrower. Hmm. I think what's happening is Harbaugh's trying to extend out. He played two uh, likely bad teams entering the year because just if you stack win totals, wasn't Arizona 31 and Miami 32? Yep, yep. Two worst teams projected to start the year. Perfect. He figures, I'm going to surprise that. First of all, if it's tied in the third quarter, fourth quarter, I think Lamar Jackson's running more. In that Miami game. They haven't real. I mean, I know the game ended up six or seven against Arizona, but they had a two-touchdown lead, right? And then there was a late score by Arizona. Yeah, and then the end of the game, Baltimore was either in the red zone or approaching the red zone. But what I'm saying is they weren't within a danger. They weren't in particular danger at any point during that game. There was only one point when Baltimore, the lead got cut to six, right? And Baltimore ran out the clock. So never in danger. Yeah. I mean, I guess Arizona never had the ball able to tie or whatever. Okay. Not saying that it's still, they could have won a fumble. That's not quite like Colin. And if there would have been a missed tackle (laughs) there and a field goal, they'd only be down 10. And that's a ball game. (laughs) Uh, Him and Faz have a lot in common, actually. They tell the story their way, baby. I also think that, what do you think Miami was preparing? In a weird way, Harbaugh did exactly what I expected against Miami, something they didn't expect, right? Miami, do you think they prepared for a lot of long passes from Lamar Jackson? (laughs) No, and they got thrown over five times. Lamar hit them for five bombs. Yeah, so I think what's going on here is you're probably going to see, and this is a Fugazi, for now, what does KC prepare for? Last year, this year, you know, when it comes to the the scheme, when it comes to the tendencies, I don't know. Well, both. You know what's a fugazi? What? It's a fake. Yeah, I know what a fugazi is. I don't know. I don't know. Give Harbaugh credit. It's not Jim. It's John. Yep. I can accept him a little bit more. He's, he's not quite as sweaty. Right? Yeah, he doesn't smell as much. I I agree. I agree, man. (laughs) I don't know how, but in a weird way, doesn't that uncertainty lend itself towards the under or the over? 
No, because the total's 53. No, you got doubled. (laughs) And if I'm right, I would say if I'm right about Baltimore running all the time, I got a great bet. If not, I still got a decent enough chance to win this bet. It's 53, RJ. A lot has to happen. a decent chance? Have you not been following this podcast for the last year and a half? (laughs) Do you know who's betting against you right now? You have a decent chance. I had a decent chance until the magic (laughs) green button music appeared. Brad, jump in, baby. I mean, think about it. Do you see the logic? We don't have any idea what Lamar is going to do and his whole, or what the uh, Ravens are going to do on offense. And his whole premise is that they're pass or they're running the ball a bunch. I got to get, I mean, let's give Harbaugh, forgetting the handicap for a second. Harbaugh's, I mean, if I had to say right now, Fez, I agree with you. I think the thing that, you know, that probably isn't going to happen a ton, I wonder what I would like to go, I wonder what the run. Lamar Jackson's rush number is going to be in this game. Because mm-hmm. I would bet over big. In fact, I'm going to put this in right now. A bonus best bet for me. I don't have any idea what the number should be. But I'm guessing the market won't have a chance of being right. Whoa, make me rich, make me rich. Whatever you can drop that Now let me caveat that. A chance? Yeah, they got a chance. I hate that kind of extreme talk. But I believe... What do you do? Do you look at last season? Do you look at what, what, Lamar's rush count this year? What do you What do you put a number on? Yeah, and two disparate results because he did he hardly ran at all in week one, and he just had 120 yards last week against the Cardinals. And, but how many rushes? Because I mean, if he breaks one, sixteen last week. Ooh, three the week before. So what the hell is going on here? Right? We don't know. Which I'd, is what you said. And I'll tell you this, that's interesting. So here's, I'm going to put a buy price on this. I'm going to assume if the market, I think he's going to run his average. So even if they assume he's going to run 12, I want to go over. So let's assume five yards per carry because he does run the ball effectively. I'm going to put the over under rush yards at 60. If, If I can go over 60, it's a bet. If it's if it's over that number, what would you guess the number comes out for? Probably seventy three. So you're so you're assuming then they're going to assume he's going to run as much, even though this year, if you simply go uh, whatever it was, sixteen and four, and divided by two, it's ten. His average rushes per game is ten this year, but you think they're going to assume like sixteen? Yeah, and I. Th- well, why? Because. It's a Kansas City game, so all the numbers are going to get jacked up in terms of yardage as okay, well. Okay, then I'll adjust for that a little bit. I'll go up over sixty-six. But why do you? But I think the question is, how much do you think they think he's going to run? Because that's the key, right? Sure, and I'm I'm really not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I'm going to go over sixty-six. How many attempts? Oh, you told us. Okay, it was that number. Hmm, this is fascinating. Harbaugh's got him guessing, but I tell you this. Andy Reid's not that great on defense to start with. His teams, I don't. I think that I'm almost wondering why I don't like Baltimore here because I do think Jackson's going to be exposed. I just don't think it's happening this week. And you wanted to bet on Baltimore blind yeah. early in the year. You're already two and zero. Oh. I'm sorry, you're one. You're yeah. one and one because. But I would make the case again as a. I I hadn't even looked at the schedule when I said that. I wasn't. I mean, we didn't put him on our super contest this, you know, against Arizona because I felt like 
this was a game getting ready for Kansas City. Yeah. No, I didn't see margin being the fact. And I think you even leaned against them, if Is I remember. It, yeah, right. yeah, I don't recall, but I certainly didn't like either yeah. side. But to wrap up here, fascinating discussion, I thought. And we got two good bets, I think, Brad. Oh, yeah. I think that Harbaugh tricked by saying, let's have Lamar throw long. Because the whole conversation, I mean, let, let, to me, I'm going to say this quick because this went on a while. People are imbuing upon Lamar Jackson p- their political perspective or their political beliefs. I mean, the whole can a black quarterback succeed is something or obvi- it doesn't seem like that's the question. Can a black quarterback be given all the chances a white quarterback has been given because if not, you know, it's the old Peyton Manning question. Peyton Manning had a horrible rookie season. If they would have benched him and said, see, those type of dudes can't play quarterback, then he would have never became a great all-time passer. you got to be given a chance to fail. And the case is made, I think politically sometimes, that black quarterbacks don't get as much chance to fail. If they succeed, yeah, we're not going to, you know, very few owners of any are racist enough to say, I'd rather lose with a right quarterback. But if you believe a bias, and this is, again, I'm not sure this is true, but if it is, it could be, if the decision makers are biased, then they're going to see a bad performance and say that's indicative of the truth quicker. And it strikes me that some from the left here are looking at Jackson and saying, oh, he's going to disprove all this. Hasn't he disproven already? Oh, you took so-and-so at pick number what? And look, Jackson went at the end of the first shot. Why? He won the Heisman. Roger, Roger Sherman. Is that how you say it? R-O-D-G-E-R? Yeah, Roger. Huh. I don't know why I'm thinking of Roger Staubach. So how, Roger Staubach was spelled R-O-G-E-R, right? I know that. So what's the difference? Is that just two different ways to say Roger? I think so. But that'd be Roger. Roger. Not Roger. Huh. See, we don't add it. Go ahead. Yep. No, you're right. Well, him and Terry Bradshaw, baby, head <laughs> to head. I mean, when I had my little Roger Staubach and the big X through it and the skull I drew, I mean, <laughs> I, I spelled his name right. So Mr. Sherman from The Ringer said... This was after Sunday's performance. And I guess this would have been a week old now, but after Miami's performance. Jackson had one of the best single-game quarterback performances of all time. Emphasis added. 20 attempts, five touchdowns, three incompletions. He had a perfect passer rating. 59 points. The most by any team since 2012. Here's the quote in red. Lamar Jackson, who is already obviously one of the best players at the most important position in football. One more time. Lamar Jackson, who is already obviously one of the best (laughs) players at the most important position in football. This is... One of the highest IQ sites there is for sports analysis. Wouldn't we all agree? Yep. Does anyone think that makes any sense? 
Best. No, Lam- where, where Lam- do you have Lamar Jackson ranked? I have not updated my quarterback rankings to start the year. He was number thirty. Obviously, he's going to get upgraded. What's your gut? Twenty-three. Wow. I mean, this guy's saying he's one of the. I mean, one of the best, the most gen or liberal definition. That's tops eight. Yeah. You can't be top ten because that's a third of the league. That's not best. Yeah. Seems like an overreaction. But I don't think it's an overreaction. I, I think I think it's an overreaction that's driven by a political bet. And mm. guys, listen, a lot of people on the left are passionate, borderline, nothing matters more. A lot of people on the right are the same. A lot of people are in between. A lot of people are in the middle. But if you bet, don't let that crap get in the way. Right? you got to think with a clear mind. If you're a Steeler fan, you think clearly about them. I bet against Pittsburgh historically a little bit more than I bet on them. I bet against him last week, Fez, when I dismantled you on that handicap. Remember? Yes, vividly. <laughs> so <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so here's the thing, guys. If you're passionate about a team, that's an advantage. If you're passionate about a player, Lamar, and maybe your passion stems from politics, look at it with clear eyes. Great handicap. Anything left on that game? Nope. Next game. Bengals, Bills, Bills 2-0, starting on the road 2-0. Brad, if you're able, can you look up? Uh, oh, no, I can do it better, I think, uh, as you guys are chatting. Because they were two road games, right? Yeah, both in New York. I, yeah, but I, two road games. Who you got, Fess? I lean to the Bills. It's a little early, RJ, to just look and start looking at statistics for teams. But if I go back to our go-to, our yards per play stat, <laughs> Bills certainly looking good, plus 1.3 yards per play differential. Bengals minus 1.4, so the differential's 2.7. That is a massive difference between two teams. The Bengals got destroyed by the 49ers, not only on the scoreboard, but... Yeah, in- but fast strength of schedule. I mean, the Bills just played the Jets and the, and the Giants. And borderline Cincinnati just played two playoff teams. I know, but a really good team, you should have a yards per play, like maybe a skewing of like 0.7, not 1.3 in each direction. So it's such Fair an enough. extreme difference. And I still think the Bills being 2-0 and and being minus 1 in turnovers, typically when a team that's not supposed to be very good goes on the road two games and starts out 2-0, and a lot of things break right for them. And I can make the case that the Bills have just handily outplayed both of their uh, first two opponents. I, I lean with Cincinnati here, but uh, not with a lot of confidence because I think there's actually a chance that Cincinnati's like a, a bottom three, four team in the league. But what still in my Are mind... You quoting me when we, in prep, I mean, just to cover your your, your butt. <laughs> Jeez, go ahead. But what it's still in my mind, we only got two data sample sizes. Okay, a horrible one last week with Cincinnati, but I would argue a pretty good one in week one on the road as a touchdown plus underdog. And in Steve Fezzik's words, Cincinnati very capable and could have easily won that game on the road against Seattle. So here's the key. Seattle looks good because of the Pittsburgh win, except Pittsburgh, like I said, yeah. at least entering that game, the mindset they were in, all the things, I was so down on them. I mean, we bat it. Yep. And I just really believe with Big Ben going out, that was a heart. You want to talk about a heartbreaker. So I'm not as much as I thought I was on the right side. I mean, it's a fair to say if Big Ben plays, who knows what happens, right? Could so, be a coin sure. flip. Yep. Or you know, could win cleanly. Yep. So I guess what I'm saying is, what has Seattle done impressive? They barely won 
against a Bengals team that we have no idea about, but we know there are other data points, one of the worst data yep. points of the year. Mm-hmm. And now a Seattle team that goes into Pittsburgh and wins. So Cincinnati playing so well in Seattle looks good, except mitigating circumstances on that win. I haven't seen anything I'm impressed by Seattle. The only thing that looks decent about Cincinnati is how they played in Seattle. Fair enough. I think that's why I think they could be bad. Yep. Like bad, bad. 30. And remember, Cincinnati had their problems with the O-line. They had their number one draft pick got injured. They had another guy retire. And Cincinnati is averaging 1.8 yards per rush. They can't open up any holes. And the running back, Joe Mixon, did come back. But he, frankly, he did not look to be completely 100% as well. I do have a stat that blew my mind, RJ, on this one. Reading through the Bills stuff, I do read nine newspapers a day. (laughs) But... Josh Allen, I would say I was very low on Josh Allen. Here's a guy that struggled to complete passes in the Mountain West, and they took him in the top 10 of the NFL draft. He's, I think he's definitely exceeded my expectations. He's now passed, this doesn't sound like much, for more than 200 yards in seven straight games. Doesn't sound like anything. 200 yards, seven straight games, everyone should do that except Buffalo Bills quarterbacks. No Buffalo Bill quarterback has done that since Jim Kelly In 1992, a quarter century, that's how pathetic the quarterback play has been for the Bills. This is fascinating. In the last 30 years of the NFL, week three, prior game away, and week one away, and you win both of them, there's only been 13 instances in in 30 years. Really? Yeah. I guess they don't double. Yeah, that's fascinating. I mean, so nothing to get there. But there's, there's what, three? It qualifies for like three teams this week? You you won both your- Oh, that's fast. It does. Ravens and Steelers. Or I guess it's the flip side. Chiefs and 49ers. Yep. So the- and Bills. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's why I was looking up All the right. Bills. Yep. So, no, no, but you're right. Yeah, verifying the output. Yeah. So, the, I mean, since we got the right output this week, it's the query's right. Okay. Wow, what are the odds of that? Something happens 13 times in 30 years, and it happens three times this mm. year. I guess we'll have something with that when we get to the patch. I had my case. I, you know, I don't want to bet the – I can't bet the Bengals. Bills feel like they're a little overrated here, and it opened four. What was the look ahead, Fez? Four and a half. Yeah, so this is up. At four, I play the Bills. Big. Yeah. Who, who opened it at four? I like to – I got to start taking the time to look at these look-aheads. All right, Colts, favored by two at home. They surprised me. I liked Tennessee last week. Falcons on the road, obviously, plus two. Fez, you like this one. Yeah, I like Atlanta. I'm going to go to our turnover table differential. I like when teams have minus turnovers, I tend to think they're undervalued, plus turnovers. we're talking about season long. Yeah, season long, overvalued. So it's not a big number, but Atlanta's minus three in turnovers. And Wait, two games is pretty big. One and a half a game. And Indy's yeah. plus two. So we got a we so we got only a five turnover differential between these two. But you're right. It's only two games. So what's happening is that Atlanta's played better than their final scores indicate, largely because of the turnovers, and Indy's played worse. And I'm gonna make the case for Atlanta. So Matt Ryan missed three touchdown passes. If you don't mind, I because I I might forget this. The injuries that Philadelphia suffered, at what point of the game were the key ones? I didn't watch the whole game. It was throughout the game on offense that guys were going in and out starting in the first So half. clearly Atlanta benefited from the injuries during the game. Yes. 
And I can make the case that I, although Atlanta won by four, and it certainly could have gone either way in the final couple minutes, the reason that this game came down to the final few minutes is because Atlanta just missed wide open touchdown passes all game long. So it cost them 14 points on those on two touchdown bombs and a third wide open receiver. Matt Ryan underthrew his receiver and he threw an interception to Darby. So Atlanta could easily have actually won that game comfortably against Philadelphia. And thus, I think Atlanta is undervalued. So the other perspective is Matt Ryan is hit the wall. He's missing open receivers and he's not a, a top 10 quarterback anymore. He missed his receivers just by a smidge. He overthrew them That's by like the half difference. a yard. I mean, you do realize that you don't draw. Well, when Peyton Manning had his bad year, he was still like the 40, you know, maybe the 35th best quarterback in the world. Sure. So you're not going to, you know, start being like Charlie Sheen in Major League, <laughs> right? Well, Cam Newton has been doing that, but. We're getting off subject, don't yep. you think? I mean, he's we think Cam's injured, right? Yeah, yes. So what I'm saying is, I'm not saying I'm agreeing with this, but don't we have to – it just feds you. I, I think it's so – like you you get your narrative. Isn't there another side? It, it could Matt, What do we know about Matt Ryan that tells us that he hasn't dropped off? It's possible. Well, I know it's possible. I'm saying have you we – don't, We don't know. I know we don't know. I'm saying how are you assessing that – you're saying the odds – I mean, I think it's fair to say the odds are – I guess how did he – how crisp did he – you watched that whole game, right? I did. How crisp did he look on his completion? He looked crisp. He looked right, good. That, he just missed some receivers. That's the answer. Yes. I mean, that's what I'm trying to get to, though. Like, we don't – I think we're ready to take it to the next level, guys, because you guys are getting better – both, you know, media presentation, but, you know, your hand, you're getting your efficiencies with your time, with your handicapping. I think the things that we didn't address, like we've always said we're going to be honest. We're not going to, like, say, yeah, great pick, Brad, if we disagree. The green button takes care of that. I think the stuff where there might be a 10% chance something's the case, we quickly explain why we don't think it is. Otherwise, it just feels like uh, something on ESPN that's, like, 30 seconds when you need it to be two minutes, but it's 30 seconds because it's TV. We don't have that restriction. Even on the radio, we don't have that restriction. I like the handicap. So this spread says, you know, there's good chance that it's going to be a close game. And I have legitimate worries about a guy I think has hit the wall, the kicker for Indianapolis, 46-year-old Adam Vinatieri, who's already missed five kicks in two games, including three extra mm. points. That could play a key role in this one. I lean Atlanta. Great point. Lombardi said on the pod he did on Sunday, so right after the games, that he would make – I don't think he used the phrase major bet. He goes, I don't see how – Venetary doesn't retire. Yep. Meaning he has he's the greatest of all time, perhaps most people believe, and he, he and he's really struggling, and it doesn't feel like it's nerves or he's not you know he's missing big. Yep. You know proposition bet. It just occurred to me. I'm sorry I didn't think of it before. No, this is great. Atlanta longest field goal is so clear because now, Andy now can, how many books have that? Um. You know, longest field goal is one that it would be like at a third of the books. That's something that a lot of books put up. Want to give me a dime on that, baby? If I'll get you, you like down. The number? I'll get you down. But let me know if you like the number. Yes. Meaning, if if you're batting it, get me down for a dime. It's that Ab- simple. Absolutely. When you when because I won't get a mansion in your yacht, but I'll be on the way. <laughs> I like it. 
And of course, all the derivatives of if I could get it, the Indy kicker, Vinatieri, longest field goal under it. But that's much more rare. Yeah, and to me, diversify as much as you can. But how you have a thou- I want a thousand of exposure. Got it. All right, good stuff, guys. Great stuff, Fats. All right, yeah. To me, that's why having a leisurely discussion. A lot, you know, it's not like on the radio we're trying to get through this. Let's think about it a little bit. Talk about it. Raiders, Vikings. I might be pressing the green button on this one. I'm confused, Fess. You got a teaser here, but you were contemplating the Vikings as your best bet. Wouldn't this be a like? Yeah, I like the Vikings. So even if you have a teaser, you still want to have the like on it. Yes. You like the Vikings? I do. And my bottom line is my power ratings on this game with home field – this is my biggest disparity. I have Minnesota an 11.5-point favorite based upon my power ratings. I thought Minnesota had every chance to beat Green Bay last week. They didn't, so I didn't change their power rating. Whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So really what you're effectively saying is they lost the game. They didn't cover. We had them, so we lost. And you say they, we didn't change the power rating, which means you didn't increase it. Somehow they were going to lose the game, lose the cover, and the thought was either stay put or upgrade? This is the old Fezzik they should have covered. So you didn't downgrade them? I did not. I kept them where they were at. But but even if I had downgraded them. Compare the Dallas Cowboys in week one to the Vikings against Green Bay. (laughs) Now, how much difference do you think in performance that was to you, Brad? Over a point. Uh, significant. Yes, yeah, significant. So, Fez, on Dallas, you did what? Half point upgrade? Week one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what we're talking about, right? Yes. And Minnesota's no move. So you thought the difference in Dallas against the Giants and Minnesota against Green Bay is a half point. Yeah, I made a bad adjustment on Dallas. Yeah, maybe a bad adjustment on both. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Here's what I know about Mike Zimmer. Uh, you're negative EV betting against him. He's the most profitable coach, even beyond Belichick since 2014, and one of his best roles at home favorite well, role. Just to be clear, 2014 is when he started. Yes, when so he his started. his career as a head coach. Ne- nearly 65% against the spread since 2014 all games. One of his best roles at home favorite role, 22-6 and six against the spread here. And I know it's 1995 duct tape shoes handicap. I do have some concerns about an Oakland team that just lost an emotional guy, one of their rookies, Jonathan Abram, one of their star young players. He's on IR. He, but he, wasn't he out? He didn't play last week. No. So we're saying there's going to be a two-week effect. <laughs> yes. Mm, go ahead. I like Minnesota here, minus the eight and a half to get a bounce back win. And I like what I saw. Hey, a lot of teams down 21 nothing early would have waved the white flag. They fought right back and nearly won that game outright last week in Lambeau. And thus no downgrade. <laughs> I would have downgraded them a half. A so that, that crap about the safety from two weeks ago, when you do your normal hits, they just – they all nod. Yep, good point. Yeah, no one co- – well, I haven't done the normal hits yet. Yeah, but in general. Yeah, they would. Thank you for calling me out on that. <laughs> Did you know it was BS? Yes. <laughs> At least you being honest there. Now, I was ready to press the button. Brad reminded me about Zimmer. I, I, I don't think the Vikings are as good as we think. I mean, I've been acting like they've been like the non-football sexy team, 
You know, I've been looking to play. Remember, I think you even played them when they went into uh, Foxborough, right, last year? Remember they were getting like three and a half? It was some tiny number. They would have been getting more than three. Look it up. Brad, look it up, will you? I mean, maybe it was four. So I don't remember if you had it or not. Jets, speaking of this, Jets Patriots. Oh, we went over that. Best bet. Love it. And I got my parlay on that. Dolphins, Cowboys. Now, this is the other end of the Quinella here. 21 and a half. And as we said, I think on the pod, five teams favored in the last 30 years prior to this week by more than 21 points. Two of them this week. Pats, Cowboys. Biggest favorite in the history of the NFL. Or, I'm sorry, the history of the Cowboys. You got the number? Six and a half at home against the Vikings. Was it? Yeah. I'd like to see that line move. I think it opened to four. But no, I'm wrong. Fez. Yeah, I like Miami here. And I'm obviously worried about a team that has performed historically bad in weeks one and two. And I have ranked in my ratings as a historically bad team. How bad? Well, point and a half worse than the worst team that I've had the past five years in the Miami Dolphins. But I look at the Cowboys and to cover a 21 and a half. You've got to have the motivation, I believe, to want to bury a team. And I don't see the Cowboys having that. I Just could... to be clear, you don't need the motivation to cover to cover more than 52.5% of the time you need the motivation, right? Yes. You can, have, you can fluke into some cover. Uh, yeah, ab- absolutely. And, and one thing that seems to be escaping this line is that Dallas is what's one of the big surprises on the offense. Their number two wide receiver, Gallup, he's been the number one wide receiver. He's been incredibly good, and he's out for this game. He's out for four weeks. So you take away one of the wide receiver weapons for Dallas, and now it's going to make it even more difficult for them to cover a 21-and-a-half. How much is he worth? Half a point. Mm. And did you even know his name two weeks ago? No. Colorado State guy, third rounder. So do you really think he's worth a half a point? Yeah, because he's been... Just, he's, just been, he's just been incredible. For two games. For two games. Here's my question, because I think I got a pick here. I just want to bounce it off you guys, Fez, specifically. I like Brad, but come on. Yeah. What's the doubt? Meaning, if you're taking Dallas, check that. If you're taking the Dolphins, do you think Dallas doesn't get their points? Or do you think the Dolphins score? I think the I think the Cowboys get their points. I think the sure bet here is Dallas's team total over. And here's why. I think that the only way Dallas doesn't score is if they're just flat. And I think a team that is on a this is where we disagree often, Fez. I agree with you. Teams that are used to being on a roll, the roles don't mean much to them. Dallas is in it feels like this is a new you ever have a feeling in your career or your life where like you've got a couple good things went your way. It's like I'm in a different I'm feeling like I'm going to a different level. You felt that before, right? Sure. Did you lose your motivation then? Or were you motivated by that upward trajectory? You were motivated. It's when you plateau that oftentimes you get stuck. Yeah. So my question is. Dallas right now is feeling like they're the fourth favorite, right, to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, number four in my power rating as well, yes. When's the last time Dallas was number four in your power ratings? 
Oh my goodness! Never. I mean, ne- never since. Yeah, yeah, never. So this team's on a new level. I think they're going to be. Uh, the offense is going to be energized. Now the defense is going to play as well as they play. But now Miami, if you do believe in them, you think they're going to shut Dallas down, or are they just going to put some points up? More likely they put some points up. Yeah, so I either like the over in the game, but I'm more sure of Dallas getting the points. What do you think? Dallas team total. I'm thinking it probably be about, it will be 35. 35. So let's do, I mean, let's think about this. So the total is? 47. All right, and we're going to take away 22, right? Just right. to round number it. So 25. So we're going to split it up 12, 12. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, probably 34 and a half, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's a big number. Ain't it? Wow. But I guess it has to be at these. Yeah, so I don't love it, but if I had to get at this, I would get at Dallas, though it obviously goes against you. So I guess the question is, why not go over Miami team total? Because Dallas might put up 55. You know, I like that. Just Miami over the 12, right? Yeah. I mean, because if they don't get the 12, <laughs> I don't like my back, do I? Because I think Dallas gets their points. Yeah, and it, I mean, we I don't agree. know. I mean, what we're saying yeah. is we're doing is a 60-40, you know. That's interesting. But that's what's great about the NFL. There's liquidity in a lot of these markets. Yes. In fact, you exploit those. Next game, Giants, Bucks, six and a half. You had your say there, right, Brian? Yep. Giants, Bucks, six and a half. Bucks at home, six and a half. Oof. Fez. Yeah, I lean Giants, and it's all about the change at quarterback providing motivation. I actually have this as a downgrade. I have Daniel Jones being one point worse than Eli, but I actually think the bounce of the Giants in the locker room and, and preparing for the game, let's face it, they know they're dead men walking with Eli. They know that they're going to win four games. They don't know what it's going to be like with Daniel Jones. So with that uncertainty, uh, the certainty of a horrible season removed, at least in for a period of time, I expect a maximum effort from the Giants with the quarterback change. So lean uh, Giants for you. Lean to the Giants plus the six and a half. Yeah, lean Giants for me as well. And to me, it just comes down to can you really trust Jameis Winston and company laying a touchdown here? So first thing that came to my mind, when in the hell has Tampa Bay been a six and a half point favorite? And it's only the second time in seven years Tampa Bay in any game has laid six or more points. Yeah, I agree with you, Fez. I think there is at least a one-game bump with Daniel Jones' first start. Eileen Giants here. And let's face it, Tampa Bay's win against Carolina, hey, it was on Thursday. That's impressive. You're a road team. You go in and you win on a Thursday. And when I watched that game, I really saw a compromised Cam Newton that just could not run the ball at all and was ineffective passing. And I think that's why that Tampa Bay defense looks so good on Thursday night. I'm not believing it that that's the case. So I I stepped out to the restroom. Did we? Uh, was there an assessment? I heard you on Daniel Jones fast. So you know the thought being, and I think it's important to say, Daniel Jones very well could be better at the end of the year. You're saying inexperienced right now. It's a downgrade. Exactly. So short term downgrade. Do you think the Giants? Get energized? I think big time. I think yeah. it's worth so, a lot. So net net though, you think it's a positive? I think it's a slight positive okay. the change, even though I think the quarterback play yeah, is worse. Yes. Yeah, yeah, great point. Um, I had my Eli under eighteen and a half. Boy, on Twitter, I guess people love that. Page. It just felt like you know, it felt like a Wednesday for me, or a <laughs> Wednesday. You know, it was like a, <laughs> one of those like you can't imagine. 
Faz, have you seen of all my the percentage of picks I've had that you couldn't fathom the game losing after? I've been about fifty percent on those in my last ten or twelve picks. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not making many picks on the radio, right or wrong. Right, and what was amazing about this pick is I never seen a guy sweat out so much week one. RJ's like. Eli, they're going to start him week one, right? We, in other words, we were confident he was going to get replaced by Jones, and then Jones did so well in the preseason. The only way— When did I say anything about The only way you this. were not going to win your under 18.5 is if Eli didn't start week Cause would, one. Cause you're, well, you're saying not start any game. Be, oh, the, the caveat he's saying. I'm speaking fast. Oh, go ahead. Because there's a rule in prop bets where if Eli doesn't start week one, you, no, it's no bet. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That's what the books do. They say yeah. you, the, the player has to play week one yep. for you to have action on all these prop bets. That's ass nine. I didn't even know that. But So I certainly wasn't sweating it. You're saying I should have been sweating it. Yeah. You should have been yeah. sweating it. Yes. But that makes no sense. I get playing one game. It, but why would it matter if they if they hurt the first week? Because they want to avoid getting destroyed on uh, a player gets injured during a preseason game and then someone makes a hundred percent bet on that player going under. And they Andrew Luck under. Oh, so instance. you're saying they they're afraid with their limits like at three or five hundred dollars that someone's going to beat them on an information like the the book even the the C team won't figure yeah. out. Oh wait a minute, there's an injury on Eli Manning. I think we should maybe take the Eli Manning props off. That's what they're fearful of? They are. It shows you why Vegas is in the shitters when it comes to sports betting. Because, one, imagine if I had that bet, Eli tweaks his ankle. or uh, I'm sorry, imagine in this case with my bet that Eli tw- tweaks his ankle and he doesn't play week one, but he plays the rest of the year and he has 14 touchdowns. How mad am I going to be? Rightfully so, yeah, right? absolutely. Not to mention their business is handled. They're positive EV on all those bets in theory in aggregate that they're canceling in these cases, right? Yeah, I think it's a rule that probably costs them more money. Than well, it, it certainly them. does right. in any long term, and it's pissing off everybody. Yeah. To what end? Ugh, cockroaches. <laughs> so how well did J- famous Jameis do? Because did you guys discuss Jameis? We did not. Um, Starting I- quarterback of the team favored by six and a half? Yeah. Maybe a, worth a comment. Yeah. So I watched the whole game, and the national media narrative was, oh, Winston played fantastic. Wasn't the Winston I saw. His stats, his underlying stats were decent, not great. They were good. I would use the word good. But he had a couple balls that he threw that absolutely should have been intercepted, including uh, one. Enough, enough. What's enough. the handy? What, what is the – boy, that sounds like how to me is as it breaking down every pass. <laughs> Net net, how did he do? He considered expectations. He met expectations as my number twenty quarterback. Perfect. And you can give a few details around that, though you have, and more. Week one, how did he do? Well below average. Yes. Yes. Through 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 three interceptions to a team that only had two interceptions the entire year before. Exactly. So what we're saying is on the season, he's disappointed. Yes. And he barely got signed to his fifth-year option. Yes. Yep. All right. And they're laying six and a half. So that means one thing. And this is kind of one of those commandments. Teams in the NFL are never as horrible as horrible results. There are no horrible teams. Think even the Browns, when they were bad, they weren't bad. Oh, they were bad, but they weren't like, oh, my God, bad, right? 
we were batting them pretty much every week. <laughs> As were a lot of the wise guys, yes. And those Browns teams were pretty much rated like nine or ten points worse than an average team. That's it, you, despite going only winning one game in two years. So in this case, the Giants, I mean, for, what's your power rating saying this game? Uh, power rating makes it exactly six and a half, right on the number. Mm, that surprises me because it strikes me. I mean, this is saying the but. The Bucks are clearly. In fact, the Bucks would be a road favorite. Six and a half. Yeah, one. They'd That's be not one. right. It does. I mean, where's Tampa Bay in your rankings? They're minus two and a half points. I'm not, I'm not asking that. Where's the stack? Number twenty one. Oh my gosh! All right, who's twenty two? Denver. I would make my biggest bet of the year on Denver on a neutral plus one hundred five to account for me being one slot down. Who's Right after that. Detroit. I would make a major bet. You think you think Tampa's better in Detroit? So you just got a strong – what is it that you like about Tampa? How were they stack ranked? Daniel? I don't like Tampa at all. I'm the guy that didn't even up- upgrade them after they won as a Thursday night underdog. Well, then I don't – well, then you must have really liked them before because I don't understand – what was their stack ranked win total? You remember? One second. They're, they're exactly six and a half. Okay, so win total-wise, the stack rank? Yeah, right around 26th. Okay, and they, were, they were tied with a couple. Yep. And, Fez, you got them 21. I which do. Which seems like, uh-oh, Fez is heavy on Tampa, but actually it makes sense. Yeah, because so many teams have had decimated quarterback injuries, including Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, and the Jets. So those teams were... And, again, this is, you know, Darnold's out you know, for a limited time, but... As of now. As of now. All these teams who were better than Tampa Bay and probably will be better at the end of the year are worse right now. All right. Panthers, Cardinals, Panthers, road favor by two and a half. This might be one of the worst. I'm not. Let's be quick on this because can anyone answer this question? How healthy is Cam? Fez? We don't know. He's not practicing all week and he's game time decision to play. And in fact, there's no line on this game right now. And how did he look last week? Looked horrendous. Yep. I mean, he's looked horrendous now. I mean, Carolina's lost, what, like nine straight? If you go back to last year? No, they won that one game that we against the Saints when Bridgewater played week 17. Okay. Oh, against starting quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, they've lost like nine games, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if we're going to find out Cam retires and we find out that he had a horrible injury we didn't know about. You know, I don't know. Right, degenerative this or that. I'm just. Spe- I'm not even speculating. I'm saying I think we're in the dark. Yeah, five carries so far this year, zero yards. And the previous two years, he had averaged thirty and forty yards rushing. Would be nine straight if you take out that Saints game. And again, uh, they won, but it was against a backup quarterback, and the team sat a lot of starters yep. too. Speaking of the Saints, Saints Seahawks Seahawks four and a half backup quarterback in, but. It may not, at least, you know, the coach is saying not just Bridgewater. Fast. Yeah, and the real question is how much Taysom Hill are we going to see? And I got to tell you, Taysom Hill is a problem to prepare for. It's a big uncertainty. I'm going to pass this game because of it. What I saw from Taysom Hill during the preseason is that this guy is God in preseason. I mean, he is just so difficult to stop because he is willing to run the ball and he can throw effectively. And frankly, 
has a lot of skills that Bridgewater doesn't bring anymore because Bridgewater, with his health, you're not worried about Bridgewater running anymore. It's, if Taysom Hill plays, or even if you have to prepare for him, that's a big problem. And because of that, I pass. You know what we should do? Let's show him the sausage. We rarely do this, but I'm starting to think about it. Fez, I want you to do like one or two takes of you going Stephen A, but not a high, or I think Stephen A has a high IQ, but let's say a cerebral Stephen A in which you say some variation of, what's this dude's name? Taysom Hill. Taysom? Yeah. With an M. Some variation of, if there's anything I'm sure of, in Fez's words, that Taysom Hill is the best third-string quarterback in the entire NFL. Because you said that on SOV. Taysom Hill undoubtedly is the best quarterback in the NFL. If you need to cash a ticket in preseason, RJ, you bet on Taysom Hill unless you're me and you did that week four against Miami. And then you watch Taysom Hill drive his team down the field in position to win and cover your final preseason bet. And then he gets it first and goal on the five. And all of a sudden, the only time Taysom Hill has ever seemingly failed in the red zone was when I bet big on him. The funny part is at the beginning, he sounded like William Shatner. He was going, if I could, oh, one thing. There's no chance you could do like a natural, just like not a big rant like that, but rather if I know like some proclamation about like something big is coming, like listen up because I'm only going to say this once. Something like that. Hold on. You don't get any closer to the mic when you scream, actually. It's probably when you was when you back up. <laughs> Let me get closer. Ah, you know, start screaming in the mic. Is something like <laughs> something like, I'm only gonna say this once. Taysom Hill is the best third string quarterback in the entire NFL. You can bet that. Something like that. I'm only gonna say this once. Taysom Hill is the greatest third string quarterback in the history. Yes, the history of the NFL. All you right. can bet on that. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so, Sleep, you'll be able to pull out when I was talking over him there, too. See, we're just getting it all going on, baby. I recorded that one, too. Oh, oh. <laughs> good stuff, man. All right, Brad, what do you think? I'm willing to bet you on that, Fez. So l- let's make a bet here. If Taysom Hill plays, I'll take Seattle. You take New Orleans. Sound good? Oh, the so current- you're saying that it's a conditional bet. Yep. But he's saying the best third string quarterback. He's not saying that he's an elite quarterback. Oh, okay. Right? Right. All right. Fair enough. I know it's hard. I wanted to get a bet. <laughs> well, I mean, it's easy. All I- right. We'll see if you guys want to fade me on this one because you got some strong opinions on Seattle. I like Seattle in this game. And here's what I don't understand. Help me understand with this line. I, I mean, I get it. There's a chance that Seattle's, even though they're 2-0, they could be average. They could be even below average team. But this is a Seattle team playing at home. We can all agree one of the best home field advantages in the National Football League, especially at this line. You go back to 2010, the start of the Pete Carroll era here. Anytime Seattle is laying, isn't laying more than six points, they're 28-10 and 10 against the spread. As a small favorite, six points or less, or a dog. And these two teams, with whether it's Taysom Hill, Teddy Bridgewater, are expected to be almost even. I'm not buying it. Give me the Seahawks minus the points. Like, I think the market's telling me they agree with me in that that Seattle is no good. Yep. Or it's a love of Bridgewater, and and again, I personally think Bridgewater. And we talked about this on SOV. If you look after his first preseason back after his injury, 
His yards per attempt is special. He is not looking downfield. We had a big bet on him, Fez, week 17. That Carolina game we were just referencing, horrible. Never close. And if you're having a quarterback in waiting, they took that game very seriously. I think Bridgewater, and I think this Taysom Hill, it could be a Fugazi, or it could be there, you know, Bridgewater's not what we, you know, isn't as good as maybe perception is. Though you think he would have taken that Miami starting job, which yeah. they offered him, or maybe mm. he's so bad off he didn't even want to get exposed yet. Mm. I don't know. It's curious. We got two games left. Rams, Browns, Rams on the road, favored by three. Brad, you like this game. I do. I like. Give me the Rams minus the three for me. And here's a, a, an issue that I have with the Cleveland Browns. RJ mentioned this on Straight Out of Vegas. I listen, RJ, intently to what you're saying. Cleveland penalty issues. Not only the first game with 18, but even last uh, Monday night against the Jets, nine penalties, 27 penalties, two games. Affected them and impacted them one game against a good team. It didn't matter against a lousy Jets team. I think it will in a tight game. The undisciplined Browns is going to cost them. And if there's anything with the Rams that they've done really well under Sean McVay, they bring it on the road. Last two-plus seasons on the road, 15-3 and straight up, and the average cover, ATS, by five and a half points per game. I'll take the Rams that have been there, done that, in a primetime game over the Browns. L.A. Rams, I like it. Well, you hear the music in the background, and here's why. I made a commitment. Dave Esler lives in Florida. He has as many wins, as many net units, as much profit for his followers as anyone at pregame.com, Fez included. This guy, not always the obvious duct tape shoe type stuff that Fez loves, but he wins. <laughs> so I've made a commitment. He's going to make one best bet in each of the pod, the college pod and the NFL pod. And whenever someone bucks him, I'm backing Dave with the bet. Auto bet. I don't care if I like it or not. Dave Esler. Let's listen to Dave because he happens to have the Cleveland Browns. Sunday night football going out on a limb here. Browns plus three over the Rams. Now that the hype over the Browns has cooled, maybe it's time to play on Cleveland. If travel's a factor, this is the second time in two weeks the Rams have flown to the East Coast. And being a primetime game, I think that magnifies Cleveland's home field advantage. Interesting golf stat here. Last season at home, 22 TDs, three interceptions. On the road, 10 TDs, nine picks with a rating over 30 points less. Rams are 2-0, but they beat a breezeless Saints team. And in week one, Carolina beat Carolina more than the Rams beat Carolina. Goff only threw for 183 yards. Their offense is 19th in yards per play. I think early betters are pointing to the Browns' short rest here. Cleveland's first game against the Titans, eh. Certainly Monday Night Football, eh. But this is a must-win game for Cleveland. Next two games at the Ravens, at the 49ers. So again, I think the Browns' preseason hype was overstated. Now maybe the Browns are undervalued. Love the primetime home underdog to cash a ticket. Brad, I tell you, it's hard to dispute. You don't, I mean, maybe a difference of opinion, but it's hard to say he's wrong. Yeah. You think he's wrong. Can't yep. prove it. He wins. That's all he does. Mm. That's me, baby. Fez, what do you think? And give us, a, I know you like the total. Give us an opinion on the side. Yeah, I'm going to lean to Cleveland. I think it's all about the Rams have looked good, but wait a minute. You want to jump in with us? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, do it. Uh, <laughs> Love it. Let's let's look at the 2-0 Rams. 
Well, they beat Cam Newton. Well, Cam, mm. hmm, rocky, rocky quarterback play. And then they got to go up against Bridgewater and the Saints. So all of a sudden, that 2-0 and start, it's pretty quarterback-driven, it appears to me. Maybe the Rams, a, a tad overrated. I could only look to the Browns. How much have you upgraded the Rams? Let's take a look here, RJ. I believe half a point. And what's your power rating say on this game? Power ratings make this game, ooh, big power rating difference. Rams are only a half-point favorite. Mm. And you don't buck your power ratings. I, you know, rarely. I rarely buck my power ratings. I think that the Monday night game, it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. The Rams won. Oh, I'm sorry, check that. Cleveland won. And people, you know, we were joking about calling. People came away saying they were somehow they disappointed. Jimmy Vaccaro said that when they flashed seven, maybe flashes, you know, when they put up seven, the wise guys were fighting to get bet the seven minus one ten. Is that what you saw? Yes. So the whole, the you know the sharpest betters in the world said, "Give me seven and give me the Jets." Cleveland won by how many? Twenty. And it's it's a disappointment. <laughs> like somehow, like this, they look good on Monday night. Won't isn't built into this number. And RJ, if you were live wagering this game, and I feel I can speak for the country here. If you were watching this game. You won live wagering because all you were doing was betting on Cleveland. It was clear the entire game that Cleveland was dominating this game. And it's fascinating. If you look at the Rams right now, the way Cam Newton's played this year, is he even the 32nd best court? Meaning the backup's better than him right now, right? Yeah. In fact, I got a stat for you. And I can't reference where this is from, but someone kept a stat on Passes someone somewhere at some point. Yes, I will. I will. I will look it up for you. It's um, a pass that you throw. What percentage of your passes can, cannot be completed? There's zero percent chance the receiver can catch it. Cam Newton is at thirty two percent. So think about this: thirty two percent of his passes, his receivers can't even touch. I saw it on the herd. Uncatchable passes. He's by far has the highest in the league. All right, and then what kind of assessment would we make of? The Saints backup, Bridgewater. Well, we think that Bridgewater is overrated. The national media. I mean, the, the way that he played, let, let's be more specific, oh, yeah. the way he played against the Rams. <laughs> yeah, he was not throwing the ball downfield. He did not look comfortable. So not a top 32 quarterback. God, no. So literally the Rams haven't taken a snap or I guess one quarter, and Breeze didn't play. Now you could say that's the Rams. I say, mm, okay, maybe. All right. So to me, this Rams team, I'm not saying they didn't come in the way they came into the year, but I don't think they've proven anything yet. Correct. And they correct. Yeah. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fez the professor grading the papers. Brad, you want to buy out? How much is the bet? I, I actually it came across my mind. Well, what's the bet? Let's be what's clear. We don't have any set buyout the, price. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, now that you were going, you gave it away right there. What's the negotiation? I'll take fifty percent. No, I'm good. Baz, what do you take? You offering him any buyout? No buyout. Oh, he's, he's so sure. Good luck. We'll talk about it maybe yeah. during the uh, yeah, rest we got of the week. Some time. By the way, guys, last game. Oh, oh, I do like the under in this game as well. Oh, go ahead. Give a quick handicap. Yeah, so if I just look at the underlying stats last year, the Rams, 6.4 yards per play. They're giving up six. Well, this year, 
their defense has only given up 4.9 yards per play. Oh, that could be because their defense is better. Could be just because of bad quarterback play. But their offense is only gaining 5.5 yards. So all the numbers on Rams are depressed this year versus last year. And I think that this total is being more set like a Rams game last year than this year, especially because I don't like what I'm seeing from Baker Mayfield at all in terms of his performance. You know you just made a bet on the Browns. I know, I did. Can't have, you know, there's a side to, there's a, two sides to every game, but I like the under 49. So explain to me this, this Baker Mayfield uh, disdain, because Colin obviously has been leading the way with it. Like you say, I don't like what I've seen so far. It, it, give me the numbers. I don't have numbers. I have eye test just from watching them. And uh, how many snaps did you watch? Did you watch the whole Monday night game? I did. All right, that's fair. And how much did you watch them against Tennessee? Think about that. I not not very much at all, other than the three interceptions he threw in the fourth quarter when they were losing. Yes. So you know by whatever twenty something. Brad, you got anything? Two touchdowns, four interceptions. And that's not great. No, I agree. Yeah. I mean, but it, I guess what I'm saying is, if you look at his stats last year, they were great. Some people made the case. That they weren't like somehow the stats didn't matter. Now the stats matter. It seems like people. Yeah, want, that's true. It seems like no matter what, they want Baker to fair, not be good. Fair enough. And even the stats are confusing. I'm not saying he's good. I'm just saying it just seems weird. And make. when you throw a slant to Odell Beckham and he takes it for 80 yards to the house, you know how um, is that unsustainable? Or are we going to expect that might happen all year long? It's hard to say. Well, Odell Beckham's one of the top five receivers in football, right? Yes. So they make plays often. They do. Yeah. I think that's not bury the lead. I think you got a good drop from Fez. I don't have the stats. I have the eye test. <laughs> he did say Mark that. It. <laughs> I think he's getting punch drunk. All right. Last thing, guys, before the last game. This is big. All right. Long pod. A lot of great stuff. I'm going to make this one quick. It's so cleanly appealing. So we've told you before. I'll say it one more time. If you've registered at pregame.com, you know. If you haven't. Here's a double opportunity. For those that register normally, without being friends of the friends on this pod, you get $25 to spend any way you want. Brad, Fezzik, whatever, whenever. It's like Fezzik's trend. It was some point, some time, you know, some person. You can bet any or buy any pro you want, any time you want, any sport you want. 25 bucks. Now, when you register, if you haven't yet, and this is uh, not, you know, I'm not sure how long this is going to go on. It may go on for a long time. I'm not sure. We're going to double it. We're going to take 25, make it 50. But all you got to do and when, when you register, just put dream. When it says who referred you, how'd you hear about us? Put dream. You double up. Now, this week is special. We have bulk dollars. What's that? It means if you want to buy things, you pay a little bit up front and you get bonus money. 99 gets you 150, for example. Very popular one. Sells out the wazoo. Now, the pros don't like it because they say, oh, I know they only paid $5 for the pay. It's like, yeah, we're customer friendly, Fads. You got a mansion yacht. It's enough. Seems like a really good deal for the uh, buyer. You just look up the last game. I'll take care of this. (laughs) Be funny if Fads was just off by himself for like a month. Just, you know, total no supervision. Whoa. I'd rather leave uh, Macaulay Culkin at home alone. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> With a loaded gun. 
right. <laughs> so here's the deal. This week only. We only do this less our, – our, our company policy is less than four times a year. So it's either th- – or max four times a year. Sometimes it's four. Sometimes it's less. The bulk dollars this week, 10 gets you 50. Why? Because we call it the sampler. We're saying now's the time people are thinking, who do I – I haven't bought anyone yet. Who do I want to – 10 gets you 50. How do you beat that? So if you haven't signed up and you've had any temptation – and again, you can spend that money – Next year, if you want, no expiration, no limits. Well, there is a limit. You can only buy one of these. Remember we talked about with the bookies where when they limit things, they're scared. We're not scared. We just know it's such a good, good <laughs> deal. We want everyone to have it once. Fez, you, ever, you know how they have those deals where it's like you get like a two liter for nine, for like nine cents but you can only get one, like at the Kmart or like, you know, at some grocery store. You know what I'm talking about? No, I'm like George Bush. I don't know how much milk costs. <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Oh, yeah. It's like a lost leader. That yes. Couldn't you see Fez going in like oh, yeah. 20 times? Yeah. Buying like one. He finds the cheap, like one of those thin mints or something yep. for nine cents. That in a... In a, oh, he's uh, got different disguises. A two liter. He's yep. got the stuff in his trunk. How yep. many disguises do you have in your trunk? Well, I bring my old refill cups. No, I'm asking so. you a serious question. How many disguises do you have in your trunk? Sunglasses and the Cubs hat. <laughs> That's when you're going incognito, but not really. You're not right. overdoing it. Well, if it's a blatant disguise, then they might think he's trying to disguise himself. But they wouldn't know who it is. Yes. How often do you wear the the butt open leather chaps? <laughs> Only in Reno. <laughs> Tag it. <laughs> That's great. He knew halfway yeah. through he made a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, here's the deal. And it's going to take seven more seconds to explain. If you haven't registered, you register. You get 25, then you double it by putting Dream in the registration. That's 50. Don't have to do anything else. But if you decide to spend $10, you can't spend that 25 or either of them on the bulk. You can't use a discount to get a discount. But 10 gets you 50. So for 10 bucks, you get $100 of buying power. Rare opportunity. The only time this will be offered during the football, a minimum the regular season, only time. Check it out. All right, guys, last game. Bears, Redskins. And just backing up a second. People think, wait, we're getting all these opinions. The thing about buying Brad and Fez, even for the week, even for their package, you're getting their picks from the beginning, from A to Z. Some of it's early, beating the move. Some of it's normal, let's say Thursday. Some of it, game day. It's based on the line move. So, like, you're partners with them. You're betting every game. If you choose, it's your choice, with them. Here, it's one snapshot in time. We're giving our very best opinion. We even saw where there was a line move as we're talking. It could have changed. You know. So I promise you, we're holding nothing back here. You can tell. But having it from A to Z, huge difference. Wouldn't you agree, Fess? Yeah, and remember, a lot of these prop bets, we're just um, speculating about what the numbers are going to be I on mean, these props things. are one of your strong suits. Yeah, so on Sunday night and Monday night, it's very rare there's not going to be at least an opinion, if not an official play or two or three on that I'm going to give a- on out. On average, Sunday night, Monday night combined, how many bets do you have on props? I would say one per game is so two, average. So two, bo- and, and you're 
props are winning over the years at a high, high rate. Yes. Okay. Bears, Redskins, Bears on the road with Mitchell Trubisky favored by four. You got to lean to Chicago first. Yeah, I'm going to lean to Chicago for a couple of reasons, RJ. One being, let's talk home field advantage. The Redskins have a sneaky bad home field advantage. Remember an RFK when that was a big edge for them? Well, their new stadium's kind of antiseptic. It's not very loud. And for whatever reason, that home field advantage hasn't been there. And I saw the game against the Cowboys. And Washington, that crowd was half Dallas Cowboy fans, at least. And I expect the Bears travel well. Their fans are all over the country. I expect that that home field, especially because it's a Monday night game, is not going to be nearly what you would expect for a normal Monday night home dog. Second reason, two major concerns for the Bears. What do the Bears players worry about? Mitch Trubisky, can't trust him, can't trust our kicking game. Well, they just won a game where Mitch Trubisky drove them the length of the field with the game on the line, and Panero kicked a 51-yard game winner. I think that that gives all the Bears players a bounce to their step. That They're like, we're not cursed with this quarterback we can't trust and a kicker we can't trust. I'll lean Bears. Whenever I have a road favorite, Fez, and right around, ah, oh, looks you know, somewhat reasonable, minus four, I always do the home away flip here. So, you know, and you said, hey, Washington doesn't have a full three points of home field advantage. But let's just say, in my example, they do, and the Bears do as well. Would you really want to lay 10 points with the Chicago team if they were sitting at home against Washington? I wouldn't. I would lean with Washington here, plus the four. All right, guys, listen. Remember, I guess if I tell you now at the end, I'll, you know, I'll do it in the pre-roll. That makes sense. <laughs> Is we got our pigs pod. This baby... I get the idea that you'd want the picks, but such good stuff. I thought Fez especially was shining, and uh, we appreciate the support. Great show. This has been a long one. A lot of passion from these boys. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week. You can follow sports through sound bites or the full story. From up in the press box or down on the sidelines. What do, what do you want to accomplish this year? Actually, I want to accomplish getting on this team first. This fall, a new daily podcast brings you closer to the sports stories that matter. Stories about players. A guy like Zion just represents that hope of the failures of the past don't matter because we've got this guy now. Stories about hometowns. You will see hundreds of people wearing number 32 Simpson jerseys uh, in the stands on Sunday afternoons for a Bills home game. And stories about the teams you love. This was the first chance for all those baseball fans to see their guys. From The Athletic, home to the best storytelling in sports. And Wondery, the company behind Sports Wars and Gladiator. I'm Kavitha Davidson. And I'm Anders Kelto. Introducing The Lead. Go beyond the box score five days a week. This isn't a story where you go to some place and interview the athlete and go home. It stays with you. Are you kidding me? I have never seen anything like that. 
The Lead is out now. Subscribe today on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now. The Lead. Sports up close. Hey, hey, I need some more of that.